Common, bienvenue, Kenichiwa, Nihao, Jambo. Welcome to the Arms Inquisition, episode 278 on Sunday, the 23rd of April, 2023. I'm Phil. I'm Matt. And uh, no Ben tonight. No. He's uh, on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. <laughs> he is again. Again, <laughs> yes. But never fear because um, tonight we have returning champion Bernie Taylor with us. How are you doing, Bernie? I am doing great here in Portland, Oregon, USA. It is just about lunchtime. Mm. Excellent. Uh, don't panic. We know that we can't see Bernie's face, but that is because mm. we've got some slides to get through, and we, we we shall see Bernie after the slides. Post slides. Post slides. So um, just before we hit the record, you were telling us about um, your two previous uh, appearances briefly. Exactly. So, well, first of all, have you ever woke up in the morning and said, this is going to be the day that changes everything you ever thought about everything? Uh, no. Well, this is your day. Okay. Well, you, you will wake up tomorrow tomorrow morning and you say, yesterday changed everything I thought was real. It's the history of, history of mankind. Wow. And that is going to be how you're going to see tomorrow morning. This is the big show. And I haven't um, – I did it by accident, okay? I was on Gramerica a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And I missed that. And, 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 well, they haven't dropped it yet. <sighs> and I did, I did the program. And then Darren asked a question uh-huh. and I didn't want to hold, I, I had the answer to the question, but I, and, uh, but I've been holding it back for a few years. So people just weren't ready for it yet. And oh, so, we're ready. We're ready, Bernie. Well, I, wow. I had, I answered, I answered the question 20 minutes, took 20 minutes to answer the question and it completely blew them away. Wow. And so since you're live and they haven't dropped it yet, you will have released it first. Sorry, so sorry, Darren. Sorry, Graham. Yeah. Snooze, you lose. Exactly, yeah. So I've been on the show twice before, and it was three years ago, and we talked about the, the Gallery of Discs in the El Castillo Cave 34,000 years ago. And we talked about the, how the astronomy in the cave wall and the characters and how it was Hercules and Greek mythology. And then, we, and then I came back a year ago, and we talked about how the, the concept of um, 12, 12 to 24,000 years ago, there were a lot of mountains. And then these mountains were paradoia there. People saw the, the animals and beings in the, in the mountains. And then they transferred those images of that paradoia in their minds into the cave walls. And that same, the same cave walls in the mountains were replicants of constellations. We saw Ursa Major, we saw Taurus, and a few others. And so that the earth and sky were one. And, 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 it was also in the underworld of the cave. And that's what we talked about, you know, seven months or so ago. Yeah. At, we're, so we're going to, we're going to, so now we're going to kind of lay out the story. Okay. In a, in a way that I've only done it before, except on Gramerica, which they haven't dropped yet. So you guys get the story. And this story doesn't, 
my first initiation to the story was not in Ice Age caves. My initiation to the story was in the Black Hills in the American West. Okay, And on the screen in front of you guys, you can see black, um, the Black Hills on, on was on my viewer's left side, and on my viewer's right side, I see a map. And on the map, I see S South Dakota and Wyoming. You can see an arrow pointed at a dotted, dotted circle that shows where the Black Hills are. So we're talking the American West. And the, the Black Hills are very famous from the Lakota, uh, oh, the Lakota Sioux, the, 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 great, the great tribe. And about, uh, about 1850s or so, there was a treaty between the, the, the Sioux and the American and the U.S. government that said they had exclusive rights to the, the Black Hills. And just a few years later, gold was found and the whole thing was blew up. Uh, and we had the Great Sioux War Wars, which were also ca called the Black Hills Wars, Black Hills War. And that became the story of Sitting Bull and so on that we all, we've seen in the movies and, and so forth. But we're not, we're not going to do Sitting Bull today, but we're going to talk about the Black Hills. Well, there was a tradition in the Black Hills among the Lakota, and they would travel around through the seasons. And at different part of the season, they would see different mountains or different uh, geological formations. And one of them, as I as I mark off in two and then read there, is Bear Lodge Butte. And uh, Bear Lodge Butte, you know it as. I don't know. What do you know it as, guys? What is it? What is it? Tell me. What is it? Bear Lodge Butte. You know the picture. Picture to the viewer's right. Close uh, encounters of the third kind. Oh, I'm, st I'm just st still seeing a map uh, to, the, to the right. Is that right? I've got a picture of the Black Hills as viewed from Horny Peak and then a map to the right. Is that right? Oh, okay. So you guys have a trans... Your slides haven't moved. No. No, no, no. We're still on the first slide, Bernie. Okay, you're still on the first slide. So um, you haven't progressed to the second slide. No. Uh, so can you guys... Do you have an answer technically from your side why you haven't prog progressed to the second slide? Mm, I'm on Zoom now. And uh, it says you're viewing Bernie Taylor's screen, and we're still looking yeah. at the first slide. So, have you clicked on the slide you want us to see, Bernie? So I, I've actually I progressed to the second, the third, and the fourth slides. Huh. Right. Okay. Um. So, so it's not coming. So it's it's happening on my side, but it's not happening on your it's side. It's not happening through Zoom. No. Mm. It's not happening through Zoom, so we're gonna we gotta do a quick figure this out, right? So, any suggestions? Maybe try exiting share screen and and uh, trying again. Yeah. Tell me what you see right now. Just the first slide. We're stuck on the first slide. Okay. Okay. So what I'm oh, gonna do oh, is I'm oh, going to. Oh, we've just gone to. Go. We've got we've got the Lakota in the Black Hills slide now. Yes. Oh yeah. Did you see anything else? Well, no. No, you just Lakota in the Black okay. Hills. Okay, so I got, okay, we're good, okay. I actually have a lot more, but it's cool. So you just see Lakota. Okay, so going back, Lakota in the Black Hills, we talked about them. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we're at the next slide, which, of course, I, is is a map. It's an illustrated map of sorts of the Black Hills from from Lakota people. And the second, um, they, they, um, they show this as part of the rivers. And one of their their key places was a place called Bear Lodge Butte. And wow. Bear Lodge Butte is um, more well known as 
Okay, guys. There we go. Close encounters of the third kind. Yes, we can see the scene from the the movie now. He makes it out of mashed potato and then makes a giant model of it there. I forgot the mashed potato part of that. Yeah. So it's Devil's Tower. Yes. So Devil's Tower to the Lakota was a sacred place on their journey through the season. One of the many sacred places on their journey through the season in which they looked to the looked to the geography and found their place to be. Okay. So Steven Spielberg, um, I mean, obviously Devil's Tower is like a really cool place. You know, it's not like, you know, it, it's so it was a perfect place for the movie. Uh, for the scene in the movie, Richard Dreyfuss has a dream. And in that dream, he, he comes up, he thinks that he, um, he believes he's drawn to Devil's Tower and he builds it in his living room. Now, they're among the Lakota, and this is going to get closer to our, our, our Ice Age story. The Lakota, when they traveled around through the seasons, they, they saw the, the, geolo- the, the mountains and other uh, geology as reflected in the night sky. So Devil's Tower, for example, they saw that as the constellation Gemini. Right. Okay. So they believe that the earth and sky were the same. And that's the same, that's the same concept we talked about in the in the Aperothet images eight months ago. You know that what I'm gonna say, don't you? As above, so below. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say that. Yeah. The old Very much it, it's a, it, it is actually that it's it's that kind of concept. And yep. they saw Harney Peaks, which was the first slide we saw this in this presentation, they saw that as the Pleiades. Right. Um, and so the seven sisters. And how how Harney Peak or what, what, I'm sorry, not Harney, uh, Black Butte, I'm sorry, not Devil's Tower, which was Bear uh, Bear Lodge, it was the story of children that were being chased by a bear. And the hero of the story uh, pushes up from the ground to create this butte that they, they rise on. And the 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 the, the vertical lines in in Devil's Tower are formed by the claws of the bear. Okay, so this this is living. It's all. It's not just as above, so below. It is one story. It yeah. is one reality. It's actually one reality um, that are the same. And this is this was the traditions of the Lakota Sioux. And this this was um, cool stuff. So now we're going to go back in time. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to revisit some old places. We're going to find some new places with different interpretations of new places. All right. Go deep into the Paleolithic mine. Ooh. The cave. We're going to go, Not much go of back a stretch to that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. We're back at we're, we're no, in Iberia. Right. Iberian Peninsula. Iberian Peninsula. So we're in Cantabria on the northern part near Bilbao. And we're at mm. the El Castillo Cave, which is in the El Castillo Mountain, which is limestone. Um, it's limestone mountains. It looks looks just like a pyramid. I was just going to ask you, Bernie. Has anyone actually checked? Yeah, if I know. That, it's not a pyramid because it's very close, yeah. isn't it? I mean, we, so we, it, we it actually is. It, not only is it pyramidal shaped, it's limestone, and the Giza pyramids were actually capped with limestone. Yeah, that's no longer there. And so, the, yes. So the as you're jumping forward, we're not going to talk about that today. The the Giza connection or the Egyptian connection. Um, but in fact, in time, the, the it is. It, we'll do that on another program. Yeah, yeah. we're we're going to go bigger than we're going to go bigger than that today. That's a that's a sideshow. Okay, we we have the gallery disc ten meters across, thirty four thousand years ago, and we and we had this before. We had a teacher that speaks into the ear of the apprentice, mm-hmm. wide eyed apprentice with the big red eyes, big nose teacher, mm. and on the shoulder of the teacher we have the golden eagle, the fledging golden eagle. This bird hasn't flown yet. 
and stands about a foot tall and he integrates into the into the head of the the teacher it kind of looks like his hair of sorts but he's there it gives us a time period of mid-june for this eagle okay we also have this cosmic man who we saw you know three four years ago and he holds up an egg in his right hand and that we see a beaked mask and the beak comes off the the, the left side the, the viewer's left side of the mask and we see he is definitely the man and he's got the other hand is against the wall he's got a raised left knee and uh we see that we look closer to the cosmic man. We can see his mask off to the viewer's left. On the viewer's right, we can see his eye. And you can see down below, you see the chin. You see the chin and the nose of the man behind the mask. Cool image, right? Yeah. Okay. You saw this before. And if you wrote the teacher, if you guys remember, is in fact the cosmic man if you rotate his, you rotate him, his head. So right. they are the same character. So the man transforms into the cosmic man through it through the integration with the eagle and you guys remember all that right yeah all of it absolutely yeah just say yeah okay, yeah, yeah, okay, of course, okay you got of course. It. no it's good and, yeah. and that that picture of the cosmic man the shape of the head is very reminiscent of this uh hercules right you know in, in all the ancient art he's oh, always yeah. wearing like a, a lion's head or you know he has a square head he's always depicted with a square head just like me like you yeah Absolutely. And then we have this horse, the speckled mare, and uh, she's sort of leaping of sorts. She's got her head, her head turned backward to, to the backwards or her her left. Mm-hmm. And we see that the, man, the cosmic man overlaps onto the horse. The Greeks would have entered, would have seen this as a centaur. And in the Paleolithic mind, Ice Age animism, these people would have said, well, this person has taken on the strength of the horse or the spirit of the horse to become one. So it's not really a centaur. And we have this transformation of this man on the panel. And again, his right hand holds an egg and his left hand is behind him. And we, it is the same. And uh, we see the mask man. It is the same left hand as the, the mask man and the cosmic have that same feathered left hand. Go back to look at that. You can see the feathered left hand back. And it's the same feathered left hand for the big cosmic man. They're the same character, transformation. Right. So then we have this, this, Iberian Lynx, and this is an important character because we're going to return to it. And Iberian Lynx, of course, are indigenous to the Iberian Peninsula. Um, we have a crab which lurks under a ledge. Dark ledge there of the dark night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we actually can, we, we can actually find this crab. Um, that we can find the crab in Paradoia, in the rock on the northern end of the rock of Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. And so you can see the shape of the, the, the ledge under the rock of Gibraltar, or in the rock of Gibraltar, and you can see that funny shape of the crab coming. And if we look a little closer, we can actually see the claw, the arm of the claw, from the, on both on, on the original and the outlined gallery of disc image. So the, 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 the Ice Age artist had been here, and he saw the paradox, he saw this giant crab under the ledge, and he then, then took that back to be part of his image. And of course, if we go down the panel, we find the monk seal. And again, we find a, a paradox of a monk seal. We see the head, we see the hind flipper in the rock Gibraltar on the same north end as we found the crab. It's not as detailed. It's not as detailed as the crab, but it's pretty darn good. Okay. And, and, um, mm-hmm. and then we have this, we saw this last time three years ago, the spinning bottlenose dolphin. 
And of course, we can find that, that bottle's dolphin in the paradoia, or actually paradoia, or the, the geological features of the rock of Gibraltar. We can see that where the beak is, the mouth, it's bent just like the, the gar disc. We can see the flipper, and the, and the high points are, are the dorsal fin and the lower fluke. Right. The fluke is the, the tail of sorts. Of the, okay. Yeah. Okay. So where do the, where does these where do these rock of Gibraltar images come from? Well, they I had an, actually had an illustrator work. We worked together on this, and we we transposed them from an image, a photograph from today, actually multiple photographs from today, and a pre-industrial sort of um, uh, it was actually late 1800s drawing illustration that doesn't have all the features, uh, the man-made features that we have today, harbors and things like that. There's a key point to look at. It. There's a there's a red arrow, and the red arrow points to something below the surface. And everybody out there in podcast land, audio podcast land, go listen through this because it's really cool. But you have to go to the YouTube program, okay? Yeah. And if, when you're there, subscribe, like, comment, do whatever you're going to do. But you got to get go onto the YouTube channel because this is isn't just this is the imagery is phenomenal. Um, it's beyond what anybody could have imagined, could have imagined. So we see that feature below the water. Remember that. That's really important. Okay. Okay. And also remember that everything that you see, that the during the ice age, 34,000 years ago, <sighs> the Mediterranean was, a, was about, so sea levels were lower, about 30, about 30 meters. Mm. So that feature would have been above water. Wow. Okay. I'm getting okay. it. It's okay. Flippers. So, so we have this this Theriantrope, this man who transform who integrates with the the dolphin to become a merman. Ooh. And we have this the oldest female effigy known at this time is also on the panel. We saw her last time. She doesn't look real happy. Mm. She's pregnant mm. too, and uh, she's naked and she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, we can actually see her effigy on this on the other side of the Strait of Gibraltar at a place called Jebel Musa. And Jebel Musa is is Musa is supposed to be either Moses or some other cleric, cool cleric, okay, Muslim cleric. But if you look at the the it looks more like a pregnant woman than it looks like a you know Moses, right? Oh my the gosh, that's incredible! Are, the, are you seeing this? Sometimes the, it, the, it takes the, a minute. To are the see nose what you're seeing? And He's, the nose and the chin. Oh yeah, I can see. She's it. led down. Chin. It's like a magic eye. Yeah, she's led down, and the yeah, left-hand yeah. side's her head. You can see her nose, her eye, her mouth, chin, and yeah. then she's got the baby bump. Yeah, I mean, it almost looks like she got an arm under her head as well. Yeah, yeah, and so what? Um, what we're looking, and you can you can see her braided hair, and you mm. know, the differences are the chin, and I believe that chin, the chin on Jebel Musa has fallen off in thirty-four thousand years, or is the, the extended chin, and the nose is, isn't isn't exactly the same, but the rest of it. It's her. It's her. Now this is now the paradoy. All the power that we've the 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 the, the, um, the crab, the monk seal, and the dolphin. Nobody's heard this until in modern times, as related to the gallery discs or anything. Um, until this program today, this is it. Okay, because you beat Grimerica to the punch. Um, now, Jebel Musa is a thing. Um, now, people didn't recognize it as the woman of the gallery disc, but Jebel Musa has been around for, been known as the paradoia of a person, in fact, the biblical Moses, for like a long, long time. Uh, mm -hmm. Since there has been the, you know, m the Muslims came to this part of the country, okay. this part of Africa. So this is like, that's, it's not a thing. Now, the Pillars of Hercules are, are, are the distance so that between Jebel Musa 
and the Rock of Gibraltar. If you look on this image, you look deep into the past, you can actually see Jebel Musa, but you can't see the, the form of her body, right? But that's Jebel Musa way back there. And this, the Spanish coat of arms and many other flags have the pillars of Her Hercules. Um, and you can see the, the two pillars on the Spanish coat of arms. So this is like this is a thing. Okay, this is not a thing that Bernie made up. This is a thing that the Spanish people know, the, the Moroccans know, the people at Gibraltar know. They live between the pillars of Hercules, and they know all about Jebel Musa. And uh, so we go down the panel a little further. We can see this breaching humpback whale popping out of the water there. Pretty cool stuff. And we, that, that the apprentice that we saw with the white eyes is actually in the belly of the whale. But he actually can't be in the belly of the whale because that's impossible. We know that, right? So what the, 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 he's actually in the, in the, uh, the ventral pleats of the whale. And, um, but let's look at the whale. We can find this whale too. Remember that feature underwater that, mm. I, that yeah. 30, uh, 34,000 years ago would have been above water? Well, that's actually becomes the fluke of the, of the whale, the tail of the whale, the fluke. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so this and the dorsal fin is and the rostrum, the rostrum is the mouth. These have been two other features that they, they recognized in the paradoy of the geology of the rock Gibraltar. And so this this whale would have been out of the water in, in their in their perspective. And uh, we can actually look at the uh, you can look at the, the overlap of the dolphin and the whale on this image as represented uh, both um, on the gallery of discs. And the rock of Gibraltar and see how they fit in. And so that the whale and the dolphin are, in fact, the same character as they overlap. We're going to return to that in a bit. But remember, they are the same character. They're going two directions. The, the dolphin is going south and the whale is going north. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, the, as the, the hero, the, the hero on his journey could not, of course, travel in the belly of the whale. He actually travels in the ventral pleats. And the ventral pleats are the... Um, or a, a large area on the on the rock of Gibraltar that has it looks like the ventral pleats. I mean, it's just it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. It's between the between the spaces. You can't like you can't like make this stuff. It it is right, and uh, as as they did it. Now we that apprentice is in on the rock of Gibraltar as well as Paradoia, and we can see his left eye, his big red eyes. We can see his nose. We have his chin. We have two different perspectives on this. So this it is what it is. Now everything everything in this the whole thing is Paradoia. In terms of Rock Gibraltar, I think except this one. I think somebody, um, long, long time ago, many, many, many thousands of years ago, come tens of thousands of years ago, um, or longer, they, someone chipped off a few stones on this one because it's just too close. It's wow. just way too close. That so someone, someone had did this. It's got that button nose, you know, even that that cleft in the top of the head, above like. Like kind of the forehead, you got the cleft on both of them. Um, I just don't buy it that that one is 100% paradoid. That's just, uh, it's just it's quite cool. a long way up to be knocking bits off a mountain, isn't it? Well, it's not, but it's it's a short way down. <laughs> on a bit of rope? On a bit of rope, yeah. Holy So, cow. yeah, it'd be tough to climb, but... you. Someone they walk. Someone walked up, and you can see some like an observatory or something, weather station at the top. You can figure out the distance. A few ropes. Now, I'm not saying that they they uh, created the whole face, but I think I think somebody a long, long time ago did some manipulation on this face because it's just too close. And um, and that that even the the nose and 
that's that's my my the rest of it is 100% paradoia. Um, and this we can actually see the 100% paradoia on this one, and we can see the 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 teacher. Remember, he transforms if you turn his head sideways um, mm -hmm. into the cosmic man. Well, that was actually found in the rocks itself. So the the Ice Age artist at the Gallery of Discs didn't actually turn him. He found a paradoia image on the rock of Gibraltar that already had these two perspectives. And the 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 head of the or the the crest feathers on top of the bird become reached the the shelf at the top at the rock of Gibraltar that where you'd find flora and that would become like the tips of the feathers, and so the the we can see we can see some of the the characteristics in in this image. Is it good paradoia? I don't know. Okay, but it was really darn clever. That he took these. He found what he did, and he found that bird, and he found what he made some eyes. And he turned it left and right, and he found the, the teacher in the cosmic man. Um, you know, it's not as I'm gonna tell you, it's not as good as the crab. <laughs> it's not as good as the monk seal, but it's you know, it's not bad. They're yeah. like they're like magic eyes. These some mm. of them you can see straight away, and some of them you can't. And you've got to sort of Correct. look and look at them. And, and like that pregnant woman, exactly. one, it just clicked for me, and yeah, it's it like did, wow. Yeah. And it's... then you can't unsee it, can you? Yeah, it's very difficult. You, well, none of these you can never unsee them. That's how it works. Yeah. So you guys are going to go back. You, you, once you see these, you can't unsee them. All these Gary Diff's images. Okay. So the, so we have the on this image here for everybody out there at Audio Podcast Land. We have all the characters. We, actually, we're missing one. We're actually missing the horse. Um, we're missing all all no. the characters we've just seen except for the horse, which I somehow missed the slide on this one. And uh, but anyway, the, the head of the horse is in there as well. Um, so my apologies on this, on my, um, my presentation. Not so they're all there and you can see how they all overlap and they're, um, it is, it is what it is, you know, it's, mm. what do you do? Okay. So we've talked about maps. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about, I've made maps from the geology of the, of the rock Gibraltar. And let's talk about a map on, for the gallery disc. So the gallery disc is 10 meters across. Um, and I've rotated, <laughs> rotated. So it's sort of standing up on itself. And at the top of the gallery discs, we have the animals. We have the, the golden eagle. We have the horse. We have the Iberian lynx. And on the bottom, we have the woman, which is Jebel Musa. It is what it is. And, uh, and in the, the center area, we have marine animals. We found the humpback whale, the bottlenose dolphin, and the monk seal. We also found the crab. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a map. And the, the lines, the, all those dots you see are north to south. It is what it is. It's north to south. Okay, it's telling us that this was the, this was the journey. Okay, and of course you guys guess it. Okay, it is Hercules, right? Because that's what it is, right? It's and this is so the. I mean, he's the, the archetype, isn't he? He's the heroic archetype. He he is the hero archetype, and it is it is Hercules, and his body. All these animals that we've seen, with with the exception of the woman, are within his form. So these animals make, spiritually make up his form. They give him all these different strengths to swim in the water, to lounge, I guess, lounge on the beach, to run as fast as a horse, to fly, to eventually fly like an eagle and all this sort of stuff. Okay. Now, the Hercules story is well known in Morocco. And if, this is the cave of Hercules where Hercules was said to have rest before his, his, follow, his following journey. And there's the Garden of Hesperides in Morocco where the golden apples were, were retrieved or stolen from. Now, what's I didn't, I didn't, I knew I'd many years ago, I'd seen the cave of Hercules, the, 
that that it was there. But I didn't know the Garden of Hesperides was there. Mm. I saw that just a few months ago on a it was the it's an archaeology journal of Morocco. (laughs) So in the archaeology of Morocco, like professional archaeology, they recognize the Garden of Hesperides, which which is in the Hercules mythology. And so this is like, um, you know, in the Western world, I'm not sure if you guys are West or East or because I'm in the U.S. I'm West. <laughs> I'm West of you. Um, but um, we we kind of we're missing the story, guys. We're missing the story. And so we now look to the night sky. And we, you saw this one three or four years ago. And all these char- the masked man is Hercules and he's the constellation Hercules. And all these these characters we have just seen are, the, are in the same order. And so we have the uh, the eagle is Aquila. The horse is Pegasus. The dolphin and whale are both Pisces, the same, they're actually the same constellation going in two different directions. The dolphin's going south and the whale's going north. And we have the, the seal that is Cetus. So these were um, Cetus, the, the monster, sea monster. So these all became Greek constellations. They passed down through the record eventually. Wow. So that's really important. And we did that last time. And so this going to this as above, so below concept that we found, well, actually, not maybe not as so below, Lakota connected or felt that the, the, the constellations of the night sky were in fact the same as the, the geology and the animals, the animistic mythology. They had a narrative, the sacred narrative of their terrestrial plane. They felt it was the same thing. Now, the, the Ice Age artists 34,000 years ago, they had the same story. I mean, I mean, it is. I mean, the person goes on a journey through time and space, follows the constellations, gives reverence at each one of those places, and those those constellations on the terrestrial plane or geology on the terrestrial plane were were um, were living. Okay, they were living. So the Pleiades were uh, for the Lakota were, were the the peaks, and the the Devil's Tower, Bear's Butte was created by the bear itself or halfway it was the, the, the vertical lines in that so we find we find the same story we find the same story yeah. and um so now so we're going to be- go back so we've established the geography right guys we know you know to the right side of the iberian peninsula was the viewers right is iberian peninsula the viewers far left is joe musa where we find africa and in the middle we find the pill is hercules <laughs> Right? Is it we we're clear of that one, right? Yeah, and the cave right. is at the the north, isn't it? The mm. north of Iberian Peninsula. Is at the north, the, the, north the far coast. north. Yeah. And and so the the cave is actually the, this image in the cave is not depicting what's around that cave, no. but in far north, but rather the 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 interest the both sides of the pillars of Hercules. Yes. Okay. And so that you could and they overlap there. Okay. So, so we've established the north and we've established the south. Well, what's what the heck's going on there to the west? <laughs> so remember Plato. What did what did Plato say was beyond the pillars of Hercules? Come on. Is it Atlantis? What? Whoa! That's are you guys ready? You guys ready for that story? Yes, oh, we were born ready. Is there we're ready for Atlantis? Yeah. <laughs> But there was there was there's obviously something there, right? Because we see we see the animals, so the the, the animals we see in the please, lower please, half. Please tell me the, there's a spaceship the carved into that cave, Bernie. 
Yeah, so, but I mean, you've you... teased it. You've teased it with the link to uh, Close Encounters. So, yeah. So, well, it's there. The map is there. Okay. So Plato said, and uh, there was an island situated in front of the Straits, which are you called the Pillars of Hercules? Mm. We all know. We've all heard that, right? Yes. I mean, how many? It's out there, right? And uh, he also said there was a great number of elephants in the land. Mm-hmm. But we haven't actually seen any elephants, have we? No. Today. No, we haven't. Ooh. No. Oh. So, so, but we have established this on this map. There is something to the west of the Pillars of Hercules. Because, it's, in fact, it's half the paddle. is beyond what would be the Pillars of Hercules. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Plato also said there were earthquakes and floods. Now, this image you've seen, you've seen overlapping of the of the animals. You see the, the Iberian Peninsula. The, they actually, the, um, the Iberian animals overlap to the center with the marine animals. And the, the, the female, the Jebel Musa, overlaps to the center with the Pillars of Hercules as well. Okay. Right. So there's actually overlapping all of all these. And if you've ever seen like a really big flood, like I've actually seen because I live in Oregon. We had a flood a long time ago, and the cows were in the in the creeks or the rivers became which became rivers, and the fish were in the fields, as that's what happens in a big flood. Mm-hmm. And we had we had a huge one, and uh, the, the the rivers were running over all like major bridges, not just you know country bridges. We're talking major highway bridges. And so that do you, would you guys say that a concept that is looks like a flood, if not an earthquake? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you can see that. I can see that interpretation. Yeah, that things get mixed up. A cataclysmic event like a flood, the the norms of the animal kingdom get uh, mixed up somewhat. So, if you were in ancient times and you had gone to the gallery disc and you had seen this image and you had recognized Jebel Musa, I mean, you can't miss Jebel Musa, right? Because once you see her, she's there. Um, You and everybody knew. Everybody in that part of the world knew what Jebel Musa was because was, she was one half of the Pillars of Hercules. Yeah. So you see, you see Jebel Musa. You, you know, you got to pick up the dolphin, and you got to pick up a few others. You're going to realize that there's two sides, two sides of Strait of Gibraltar, and um, and with with the marine animals in the middle. And then you see this whole thing is toppling over on each other. Each character is connected to another, which is impossible because dolphins don't ride in the back of, you know, uh, crabs hypothetically. And so you'd say, well, goodness, that looks like an earthquake. That looks like a flood. And that was a pretty darn big one. Okay. And, um, and you'd say, you'd also say, well, you know, and, and then there was a mass of land beyond the pillars of Hercules that was bigger than the whole thing. That at least it actually is as it, the same length as everything else that is described. I think that we can find some answers to this going back to the teacher and apprentice. And I think this is the story he's telling. Actually, actually, it's the last five minutes of what I've said is not the story that he's telling. He's got another version of the story. And on the gallery disc, we also have elephants. Okay. And they're actually African elephants. If you've ever seen an Asian elephant, they have humped heads. Um, and it's actually this elephant is the same elephant. So if you turn your head to the to the either way, you'll see it's the same trunk and the same ear. Right. So one elephant looks like it's lit drinking. The other one has his trunk up. But in fact, it's the same elephant. Same concept we saw with the, with the cosmic man and the teacher. You turn your head, you see one thing, and you turn another. But they're, once you see these, either of these, you can never unsee them as what they are. Okay. Mm. So we've established as elephants, right, right, guys? Yes, yeah, I can see. Beyond, 
beyond the pillars of Hercules, right? Yeah. That's important. We also see a Barbary ape. Now, there are Barbary apes or macaque in um, Gibraltar today, but there were not prior to about 600 years ago. Hmm. Um, but Barbary apes are actually indigenous to the Atlas Mountains in West North Africa, which is now. Morocco. Oh. <laughs> have you guys been? To, have you guys been to Morocco to Marrakesh or anything like that? I haven't. No. I've been to Agadir in Morocco. Okay, because Morocco is the number one out of Europe tourist destination for for Brits. Right. I'm not sure if you knew that. Uh, yeah. You got to you know get through. Germany and France, every else place, but it's it's like I live in Oregon. People go to Mexico. It's like you're Mexico. Um, okay, so we also have lions, and uh, a lion with a mane. Uh, in the Ice Age in Europe, lions did not have mane, and everybody knows about Atlas lions today because they made like the final twelve or sixteen in World Cup a few months ago. So wow. that's how we know about the Atlas Lions. Yeah, you I'm guys only, remember that, right? I'm only just seeing it now. You can see <laughs> he's, he's, he's sat like the Sphinx is, but you're looking, the left side yeah. is the head. Yeah, exactly. Actually, so this, so the, you actually, there's two lions. There's a yeah, lioness licking the lion. They're kissing. She's, she's, but you can actually see her tongue. You can see her tongue. Ugh, she's licking him. Gross. Yep. And, uh, and you can see the paws. And mm. it's, it's, this became the source of the Nimian lion, where the Nimian lion <laughs> was coated in blood. Blotches of blood from the her from the Nimi lion's human um, conquest, I guess, right? Or food, or, and of course Hercules kills the Nimi lion. Okay. So we get mm-hmm. a lion, and then we have this West African crocodile, and it's huge, and it is one and a half t- times the size of the panel because it, how it stretches back its tail. Wow. Absolutely huge. Okay. Yeah, you can just see the right hand side was the snout. You can even see little teeth there. I you can see, oh, the teeth out. hang down. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. It. Yeah. Okay, and. Uh, and then we have these a bear and two cups, and I this is one of the, actually one of the earliest images I saw, and it took me a while to figure out what the heck they're doing. Are they laying down? Well, the bears are climbing a tree or something, and so the mother bears is the one on the bottom, and, mm. and the two the cubs are at the top. And what bears do is when the the, the mother bear sees danger, or she tells the she tells the cubs to climb a tree. Okay. It's a thing. It's what they do. And then she, she 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 either climbs up after them or she you know defends. Well, at a certain point in the life, when the bears she believes that the bears are ready to go off on their own, um, she she tells she scares them up to climb a tree and then she runs away. <gasps> and that is the life of a bear. That is the life of a bear. It's it's a thing. So you guys have to like get over it. You know, no no teary eyes or things like that. <laughs> Too late. Okay. <laughs> Too late. Okay. So we have we have seen we have looked to the west, right? And um, when we looked to the west, we saw the we saw the elephant, we saw the bears, we saw the crocodile, we saw the barber apes, we saw the and the lions. Mm. So could that be Plato's Atlantis? This Ooh. definitely makes sense to me because I think well. You mentioned the Atlas Mountains, and mm-hmm. that's, I mean, we've done a number of episodes on a p- potential location of Atlantis near the Atlas Mountains. So, who, who, who was on the show with that? Uh, Stig, Stig, a yeah. couple of weeks ago, Chris Tallworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't okay. remember who else has suggested, because we know this. the Eye of the Sahara is near there, you see. Mm-hmm. So here we are at this moment. 
And you got and you guys don't know what the next slide is. No, no we can't. We can't America even see didn't it. drop it yet. <laughs> so America didn't drop the episode. So you really don't know what the next slide is going to be. No, no. no. Are we going to be looking? Are we going to be looking out to find the mount? Oh, the the island that beyond the pillars of Hercules to the west that was lost in an earthquake and in a flood that has elephants, or will we find something else? A or B, guys? What's going to be? A. B. <laughs> and that's that. So the A was firm. Yes. Was that like a? I was just going for that. B. No, I was just going for that because. So you're a team. It, your team played on Atlantis. That's A. Yeah. And B is something else. Something else. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, one of you two earlier said it because I couldn't see. Well, it actually is something else. Wow. It's Jebel Tobacal in the high Atlas Mountains. Okay. Okay. And where Atlas went to hold up the sky. Now, before uh, before Hercules arrived to climb <laughs> Jebel Tobacal to retrieve the golden apples, Perseus had been there. And Perseus brought the head of Medusa. And with the gaze of Medusa, he turned Atlas to stone. Okay, and you got to figure he must have changed some other things of stone too. Now Plato, before Plato, there's Herodotus, who your previous guest probably talked about, and he wrote in his histories that the Mount Atlas was called the Pillar of Heaven by the natives, the mm-hmm. Atlantes. Yeah. And one of your guests probably probably knew that. And it was so high that the clouds never quit in either summer or winter. Therefore, it was it was you know glacial. Um, well, before Herodotus, almost you know, 800 years before Herodotus, there was Sanchenatho a Persian who said that Atlas was the brother of time who had traveled to the western part of Africa where he settled on a high mountain that supported the heavens so as to devote himself to the study of astronomy. So astronomy was born in, in, in among the Persians. I'm sorry, not the Persians, the Phoenicians. It was born at Atlas. And Herodotus recognizes the same story before Plato. But let's look if we can find any of those characters. Well, we're looking at Paradoia now. And we have three images. We actually we have the top image to the viewers left. We have Jebel Tobacal, and then have kind of a, I I like reverse the the black and whites for the second one, and um, and then we have Gary just top, top section on the bottom, and we can compare them with the animals that we've just seen beyond the pillars of Hercules to the west. You can see, it. and um, well, the crocodile is at the top, and um, we can can you see my cursor? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the crocodile is kind of up here, mm-hmm. and then the um, the the head of the head of the lion is the face of the lion is here. Okay, mm-hmm. and then the the um, actually, and over here we see the we can see the the bears, and then we have the the Barbary ape is this is this shape in here is a shape in here, and. Um, and the elephant. So the elephant, the ear of the elephant is here. We see the ear of the elephant. Okay. And then it's paradoia. So the trunk, the trunk comes out that. And if you're if you, one of the routes to climb Jebel Tobacal is up the trunk and head of the elephant. <laughs> it's 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 how you do it. You know, it, wow. it is what it is, right? It is. And so it was paradoia. It was found in paradoia just like these other places. Now the, the real cool one. Is this one? This is on the gallery disc, and we can see this image. And you've got this this character. You can see his four legs. You can see his four legs. You can see this rump, and then you can see these. You can see the teethy, 
you see the teeth in the mouth, and you can see the eye. You see the eye? This is an unedited image, right? You yeah. see the eye oh, there? Yeah. And then you see these big ears. Well, what are those? Have you ever seen a cane? It's a cane, obviously a cane. Have you ever seen a cane with big ears like that? Ooh, what would it be? I'm going to guess that it's something that is extinct, like a dire wolf or something. <laughs> Another guess? A canine. It's Anubis. It's Anubis. Oh, it's Anubis. my gosh. It's Anubis. So this had entered into the, myth, into the mythology of the, of the Egyptians as Anubis. Wow. Because it, this animal has never existed. It never existed because they found it as pareidolia um, in in Jebel Now, this one, of course, Jebel is a few thousand meters high. This was – nobody touched this one. It's totally impossible anybody touched up this thing. It's just – it's just too huge, you know, mm. and uh, so and what's really cool is that the, the eye, you got the eye in there, you got the, and uh, you got co- really cool features. So the, so was so let, let's continue on, and uh, so we have we have all these constellations they fit into the nice sky with the ones we saw earlier. So the bears obviously become Ursa Major, right? The crocodile is Draco. We can see so the we can see in the same order. The lion is Leo. The barber ape. The eyes the barber ape are. Uh, are in Gemini, Castor and Pollux, and the elephant, which we talked about four years ago, is um, is Aruga and Taurus, and and you can kind of see how it works. And we've already had, we can see the other, we've seen Pisces in there, which we talked about twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so, and of course, we have the Orion hero, Orion. We have him who's on his journey, and he is also depicted on the gallery of discs that we're not going to do we do again today. Okay. So we find. The, the the Phoenician who went to um, Jebatobakal, the mountain we now call, At- we'll call Atlas, was he didn't invent astronomy. <laughs> he ripped it off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he did. He maybe he devoted his life to the astronomy because he was following these constellations. Um, and so that becomes the that is where we find those those from. <clears throat> now, how did that end up in the Greek record? Well. The Greeks had three sources of constellations. One was they had their own history, just like everybody does. The other, the other second source came from ancient Mesopotamians and a document called Molapin. Well, there was a third source, and the third source was from – entered the record from Eudoxus. Eudoxus lived at the same time as Plato, and they were both in Egypt. They both met the priests in Egypt. Right. Eudoxus was a scientist. He was an astronomer, so he was interested – in, you know, what did they have? You know, what can I take back with me? And we can track, we can track the astronomy <laughs> that he, he got it from Canopius of Memphis in Egypt. We don't know exactly when he lived or died. Um, went to Eudoxus and down the line to Claudius Ptolemy, whose record we still use today the, in the, from the Algamist. Mm-hmm. So we can track, we can track through Eudoxus, having been in Egypt at the same time as has brought in all these constellations that we've just discussed into the record because they existed 34,000 years ago and the Phoenicians didn't invent them. And, uh, but it's, it's a darn good story. So we'll go back to the Plato. There was an island situated in front of the Straits, which are you called the Pillars of Hercules. Was there an island, guys? Yes. No! Because no. it's, it's Jebel Tobacal. It's Mount Atlas. No. Oh, guys. We're going <laughs> to need to start. We're going to need to start this whole program over again. 
slide one, the Lakota. So there wasn't any. And so what you're looking at is you're looking at it's a split image. The, the top half of the image is of Jebel Tawakal Atlas. The bottom half is the journey across the Strait of Gibraltar. Right. Are we supposed to be looking the at weather? Yes. Well, no, we did that already. We, okay. back. we, mm. we talked about that. We did it. So what we're going to look about now okay. is we're going to look at Jebel Tawakal. We're going to see it in a whole new light. And remember that it was Perseus who went to Jebel Tawakal, Mount Atlas, and he with the head of Medusa, and he everything froze into stone, including Atlas. So the time Hercules comes along, comes along, it's he's already in stone. Mm-hmm. Okay, and assuming he has the Jebel to- has the head of Medusa, Jebel Tobacco, uh, Atlas, everything else turns to stone either because it just can't be Atlas. And that's where they they came. The story came from. Now, before I get out of my PowerPoint here. Are there any slides that we want to go back and look at? Well, maybe we'll go look first. We're going to do, why don't we go back first and look at the one, the Lakota? Okay. All <clears throat> oh, right. Yeah. So the Lakota. So we're, we're, we're taking it back to the beginning. We're taking it back to the beginning. Now, in the, I think it was the 1960s or so, 1970s, the Lakota um, ha- had been in court and it went to the Supreme Court to decide whether the land that was given to, was guaranteed to them in a treaty back in the 1850s 1860s was in fact theirs and the, the 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 supreme court of the united states upheld a lower court decision that it was in fact theirs and they should get these lots of millions of dollars i can't remember how many it was well no lakota sioux tribe has ever stepped up to get that money and the money was to be actually transferred over to the, the use of the other peoples over time, including me, because I've been there. I, you know, I, I went there. Mount Rushmore is there. Okay? It's a place. It's a, it's a white person's place. So they didn't accept the money. No Lakota has ever accepted money because they say that you can't sell this. You can't buy this. This is. This is that connection between the earth and the sky that is, in fact, one. How could you possibly sell the night sky mm-hmm. that is, in fact, represented in these in the geology of the Black Hills. That's crazy. It's crazy. So all, so here's the interesting. So right, anybody sees because well maybe the Lakota Sioux are from Atlantis. They're from you know thirty four thousand years ago cave arts. They're not. They're not. Now what I can I can show you know all around the world people have these traditions, but they're not the same. And the reason they're not the same is they would have looked for the same characters in mountains and the constellations. As they found in the, as we just saw in the cave art, so they create their whole new kind of universe, a cosmoscape. In the Black Hills, they had the concept from previously going back tens of thousands of years, because Native Americans came across, you know, 22, 24,000 years ago or something, and um, so they had the concept in their in their traditions, in their mythology, and their their hunting, gathering practices, and their migrations. Yeah, but it is it is in fact a different map. But it is the same working principle. Yeah, so um, the Lakotas and, would have had an oral tradition and campfire stories and mythology, and they would have had the same sort of heroes' journey outline stories. But then, when they've migrated, they've they've mapped their new landscape onto their existing oral traditions. Is that what we're saying? Exactly, and the and the and they're exactly and the. Um, yeah. And what they did is so they saw Gemini just as the 
they saw Gemini at, um, as the black, as the Devil's Tower, Bear Lodge, whereas the cave artists saw Gemini as the Barbary, Barbary ape with the two eyes being cast yeah. in Pollux. So they, they, they had this concept. They also had the same concept of pareidolia, that you could find what is on the terrestrial plane as being the same in the night sky among the constellations, among the stars. Uh, Bernie, we just got a question in the chat saying, uh, what does number four say? So number four says, P Iata. Let me see. So let me figure out what is, I might actually. So one, two, so we've got, uh, that's the seven sisters. So that is Harney Peak, the first image we saw. So that's, actually, I'm sorry, number four, my mistake. That was number two. So number two is Harney Peak. Number four is, is one, two, three. One, two, three. It's the center. Oh, four. Yeah. yeah. It's the center. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It would have been uh I don't know. But it, it is this it, that would be how, as it rotates around. It's like the pole. Pole. So I don't, pole star. It, it would be the pole star. I don't know the what their pole stars and how they um but they uh but these number one here was their winter camp, which they recognized as they saw as teepees. Right. So they projected that that same concept. <laughs> but yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what their pole, what they called their pole stars. Mm. Um, but you can see the Pleiades are two, the uh, Pleiades which were Harney Peak, oh, which but, is the image, the first, um, the but, first but, image. Which these, sorry to interrupt, Bernie, but um, if we're going back thousands of years, the pole star could could be different than what it is today, yeah. couldn't it? Correct, and that's why I'm not. I don't know. That's why I'm, yeah. I can't say. So yeah. I can't say what the Black Hills one was because I don't. I don't. I, no, I don't no, that's remember. fair enough. Um, yeah, it it, yeah, it, it moves because wasn't it Vega? It moves, I think yeah. the pole star was Vega at one time, like you that. know, ten thousand years, twenty thousand years ago. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, who knows? Yeah. So, um, but we find that same we find that same concept of the the terrestrial plane mm. and the underground, the underworld, um, and into the night sky. So tomorrow morning, you're gonna wake up as if you've at least learn something new. Absolutely, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. One thing I wanted now to the ask... Next time... Sorry, go on, sure, Bernie. Sure. No, you go on. go on. I was just going to ask you um, if Ophiuchus has factored into any of your decoding because from other shows we've done, particularly with Dave Matheson, when it comes to the yeah. Perseus myths and the Heracles myths in astral theology, Ophiuchus often plays a prominent role in the stories and the narratives? Yeah, the answer is no. No, fair enough. No, <laughs> I'm sure if, you, if it was, you would have told us, but maybe it might be something yeah, to look yeah. for. Maybe it's something to look for because, like, in virtually, if you follow all the, the astrotheology stuff, a focus plays loads of different roles. Yeah. But I don't know. So if I if I had it, I would have contacted, I would have, because I've been following Dave, and um, oh, right. I would have told him four or five, five years ago, yeah. Um, so it is possible. It's possible that the we, earlier we had the man that was the merman. Um, he could be. It's possible he's a fucus. I don't know, um, but he's. It's hard to say. But no. So in thirty-four thousand years ago, Ophiuchus was not on, on the table. Okay. Right. Um, the, but that doesn't. The Greeks. The Greeks brought in their own constellations actually they actually they had three sources they had their own constellations they had the Molopin from Mesopotamia, ancient mesopotamian babylonians and they had the arpelithic 
upper Paleolithic. And so they, in their integration of them, they, you know, they, they dealt the cards a little differently. So Pisces is two fish, as we see that in, in Greek mythology and Greek um, astronomy. But in the upper Paleolithic, the, the, the dolphin and the whale were both Pisces going in two different directions. So the hero cross, swims across the Strait of Gibraltar, and then he swims back again. Mm. And so he uses one to go south. He uses the dolphin to find his way south, and he's the, the whale to find his way north. And so the, the upper. So what I've done is I've pulled them, I've pulled them apart. Whereas in Greek mythology, um, the, the dolphin became tel- delphinus, became delphinus, um, and the whale became Cetus. Cetus, yeah. Okay. Cetus, the, the monster. Now, a very interesting story in Greek mythology is that the whale, de- I'm sorry, the, the dolphin Delphinus swims across the Strait of Gibraltar. And she pleads to the, the do- one of the daughters of Atlas to marry Poseidon. Okay. <laughs> so the Greeks had the story. They had the story. And so the, the, the daughter of Atlas would have then become one of the daughters would have been Jemimusa, um, and as a pregnant woman. And so it pleads to bring the daughter of Atlas to go back to Poseidon to be his bride. But the, you have the dolphin, which then became Delphinus. But in the original story, the narrative of 34,000 years ago, it was, uh, it was the dolphin and the whale were both Pisces going in two different directions. And that's why they're overlapped as we, we previously saw them. And I'll pull it up again. That's why they're overlapped on both the gallery of discs and the rock of gibraltar yeah yeah that's fascinating but the, uh, the greeks didn't do two console do their constellations were going across the night sky they weren't traveling with them back and forth and so they um so they had to figure out well you know let's put this one over there let's put that one over there we'll keep the characters you know we we'll just use some different stars so the greeks kept the characters and they kept a lot of the original constellations well in, the, in fact the story of uh, the crab so where'd the crab go well in greek mythology the the it's a giant crab okay and he he battles with hercules and hercules kicks the crab that sends it flying across the sky to become cancer okay so the greeks they kept the crab in the story but they put the cancer the crab is cancer and another part of the sky and they substituted they put a scorpion at the same in the same place as there was the crab so the right. crab the crabbing up the pillar this is probably became scorpius um and so we didn't do that today but so they 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 had too many they had too many characters in the constellations <laughs> because of a pale we're using two at least at least two for each one uh, for most of them anyway and so they say, you know, they came up with new myths and new stories and they moved around the night sky, which is, uh, you know, we, we can't have two constellations in modern science because people would say, well, how does that work? Right. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so we but that was the upper parallel tradition, how they did it. Yeah. But oh. there's a lot more characters that, uh, by the way, there's a lot more characters that overlap in the rock of Gibraltar that. We didn't even go to today because um, they, cool. they had two I, stories. I think you might have explained this um, when we first spoke or the second time, but just in terms of the, the panel itself. Um, so is this like a case of paradoia 
in, in the panel that you know somebody found that particular place in the cave and you could see all these different representations within it or is it that that has actually been made in the cave wall Good question okay so if you look so i've just pulled up the the garages panel and if we look at the top of the panel uh, where it's all kind of like brownish and stuff yeah. that's the original state Okay, green is brown. That's the original state. Okay. And as you as you go down the panel, you see it all becomes white again. And that, right. well, that's the limestone. The same limestone is behind that brownish state at the top. Right. So what probably happened is, they um, they just like the ep- last episode we did, someone someone's one of the artists saw they they had the, you know they had the whole story. They had the whole map in their head or someplace. I don't know how they did it. And um, absolute genius, whoever they were. And then they looked inside caves that had some sort of paradoid features that they could then build on. Mm. And if I was to bet the, the paradoid feature, the sure would be the head of the Barbary ape, um, because that's the one that sticks out. If I was, I was a betting man, that would be the one. Um, and then they shaped it down layer by layer to create what we see. Um, so, <clears throat> so yes, there was originally paradoid there that they then improved upon to make all these oops, to make all these characters um, that were represented as both constellations and as the geology between uh, on both sides of the Strait of Gibraltar, the pillars of Hercules. Very cool. So yeah, yeah. and and the last the last session we, we did was we went through we showed a whole bunch of different paradoxes in the mountains that were characters that they then found in the side the caves that represented other characters. Um, and we found Taurus. So we actually had found Taurus as a um, as an as an elephant. It was a straight tusk elephant. That was one of the ones. So they kept tor- the, the some somewhere between twelve thousand years ago and the time of the ancient Greeks, the elephant was changed to a a bull that was of Taurus. I don't know who did it, but um, yes. So if you were in the constellation Taurus, if that's your zodiac, um, you're now a elephant. elephant. You're actually an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad thing, right? You know, it's it's. It, wow. but you're an elephant. It, you gotta get you know, and um, and if you're you're if you're in Cancer, you're misplaced. <laughs> Because well, you were kicked across the sky by Hercules. I'm a, I'm a Pisces, so, so I'm pr- I'm quite happy being a dolphin, half dolphin, half whale, or a, or whale. a whale. What's Pick Libra either then? one, right? Hey, what are you saying? A whale, <laughs> a beached whale. <laughs> exactly, the beast whale, or you know, it's, and you, you say, go either, for Pisces, you go either way. I was just going to say as well, just about the panel. Um, you say they, so is it like any kind of. Uh, suggestion that this was created over an extended period of time, or do you just think? The question. The question. Oh, okay, so I've um, here's my guess. My best guess is that well, there's actually two. La- there's two layers of characters on this. There's mm-hmm. everything we kind of talked today was I would describe as high art, and then there's actually smaller characters that are kind of here and there that um, I think someone came along and scribbled a few extra ones in there. That's what I would say, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, I would say this is primarily made by one artist who was extraordinary genius, because uh, he had. And Picasso I don't know level. if he had the whole thing in his head. 
Well, interesting, because Picasso had gone to the Altamira cave. He was drawn in mm. because people were saying that it was, it was a hoax. <laughs> and Picasso looked at the bison. He said, none, none of us could have done anything like this. So this is way beyond Picasso. And then what Picasso did, I think we might have talked in one of the, yeah, the yeah, last episodes. Yeah, he episode, it, didn't he? Or he, he, he lifted it. He, yeah. he stole it. He stole it. He, he stole it to become carrot mass in mm. Les Demoiselles d'Avignon, his first well, on work that, of modern art. On that note, Bernie, of yeah. uh, lifting and pilfering people's work, do you, have we got time to uh, quickly go through what yeah, happened we can do. you? So what yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to do now is I'm going to get out of my power, my yeah. PowerPoint, and I'm going to. There we go. Me? Can see you. Yeah. Wow, that was pretty cool. Okay, we got time. So early this early this year, there was a paper, actually from Durham University, that went out to the world. I mean, they made a huge, absolutely massive discovery, mm. and from the press release from Durham University says. New study reveals evidence of early Ice Age writing and what it meant. And uh, sounds huge, doesn't it? I mean, that's, that's momentous. Yep. And they say that um, until now, archaeologists have known that these sequences of lines, dots, and other marks found on cave walls of portable object, objects from the Ice Age, the uh, last Ice Age, were storing some kind of information, but did not know their specific meaning. Okay? That's what they wrote. It was in, pa- it was in newspapers all over the world um, early January. Well, the night before it hit the press, an archaeologist sent me an email and he said to me, well, you're on the team. It sounds a lot like your stuff. Because in 2004, I wrote a book, the same stuff, Biological Time. And the book was reprinted the next year by widely publishers, um, academic publishers in the Far East, or the Near East, I guess, for you guys. And uh, so, so yeah, actually, it had been – this, this concept had been worked out before in a fully scientific book. One-third of the book were appendices showing all the statistics of how it works. It was based on animals. And someday we're going to need to come back and talk about animals because what I did was lunar timekeeping in animals. And I showed how the migration of, of um, salmon, elk, and other – were timed by both the sun and the moon. Right. Um, and I was I was written up in hundreds of papers in the United States, and this was back in 2004. And I was on PBS, which is kind of interviewing PBS, which is the equivalent of your BBC. Um, and I thought that would be like, you know, my life's over. My tombstone would read, you know, the man of biological time and lunar animals. Yeah. Well, I went on to write papers in 2006. Actually, it was a print in 2006, 2007 in astronomy journals, and showing other aspects of this which we need to do a show on later because it's really cool, um, different stuff. And uh, I put it down, raised my daughter, and came back, and I um, wrote another book uh, before Orion that gave some updates on the stuff, and that went to print in 2017. Some of the stuff had already been in, um, in like Wikipedia, and I did a bunch of co- conference presentations. They were on YouTube, published the stuff to upload to Academy EDU. And then back in um, about 2000, about 2020, an editor of a journal, journal Prehistoria, in Hungary contacted me. And he said he'd been reading my stuff, and could I write an article for him, a journal article? And I said, well, I was in the middle of 17 conferences, either creating material, academic conferences, or writing, you know, speaking and other stuff. And I said, I can't do it. And uh, he wasn't real happy. He said, well, can't you just pull stuff from your book? your previous work uh, before Ryan. So I lifted it exactly almost word to word from the previous book. I had 
consolidate because I had five chapters in before Ryan and he wanted so many, a lot fewer words. And so it went to print in 2021 in, um, in this journal. And if anybody's interested in reading this sort of stuff, go, don't buy the books. Go to my academia.edu page with Bernie Taylor. And it was titled Lunar Timekeeping and Uphill at KBART. You go to my webpage, beforeorion.com, and you can find the same links. So a lot of people had read this stuff over time, including being this archaeology journal. So, the, so I reached out to Dorm University, the archaeologist, and the, the editor of the journal and a few others who are involved. And I said, you know, what the heck? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so many words. And I was really kind, and I said nothing worse than, than heck. And um, <laughs> nothing worse. And although as we went along, I, you know, I dropped in words like arrogance and, you know, a few other things. And what I've said all along from the beginning is that I worked out a lot of this lunar biological time stuff, but I ultimately learned that Native American traditions of indigenous peoples around the world already had it. They had it in their hunting gathering practices. They had it in their calendars and they had it in their rock art. I mean, that's what that's what I mean. So they didn't it's not like they ripped it off just from me. But they ripped it off indigenous peoples. And so so could they have even known about any of this stuff? Well, well, first of all, go to Paul Petit was the is the head archaeologist. He's the one who signed his good then good name with the journal, so the archaeological at, journal. At Durham, at Durham University. Durham University. P-E-T-T-I-T-T. And people go look him up, you see what he says. And um, he's got a webpage. And um, he says that um, had I need to get the exact he says, um, I now realize I should have saved myself the effort. Note that I am not accusing him of plagiarizing us. This is, I, sh- I shall now sign off and bang my head repeatedly against the wall. And then he says that um, he, this is important, this is kind of keywords. He says, um, he says, uh, oh, okay. he says, I now realize I could have saved myself the effort. So having he had seen my prehistoric, allegedly for the first time, he had seen my 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 prehistoric paper. So if he says that I now realize I should have saved myself or the or the effort, and I can bang my head against head against the wall, does that sound like someone who says it's the same thing or it's something that's different? Same, same thing as he wrote same. or something different? Same thing. It's the same that he says so. That's he says that he actually says that. Okay, okay. So. We're not gonna we're not gonna mention any names, but I sent Phil an email um, from a major player in uh, the media. Yep. And this per- this person says that um, he had contacted Paul Petit's team. Actually, he didn't contact. They contacted him. They wanted to do a documentary, and it's a major U.S. media company. And I'm contacting you because I've read. I'm, I'm, I've been a fan of biological. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's at Disney level. This is Disney level uh, of the the person. I'm contacting you because I've been a fan of Biological Time since 2004. And uh, he, he actually has, he has two copies. This is a, I a producer in, at the company, we should say. This saying, is the producer. Talking yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. Yes. He sends me, so he, I didn't reach out to him. He caught wind of the stuff. Actually, he read the article. He saw their press release and they had a great discovery. He reached out to me and said, hey, guy. He said, Bernie, you did this in 2004. And then he says that he was, he was in touch with Petit's team about doing a project, potentially a documentary. And he told them about my work. So a year before they went to print, 
he told them about my work. And he said, this is what he said to him. He says that you guys don't have any, you don't have a story unless you include indigenous peoples, which already had this, just as Bernie put in his book. And he ultimately did a piece for, uh, they did a piece that went on their webpage and out there. And he, he included my stuff, which is cool. And he, he included my stuff as it relates to indigenous peoples, not that I made any great discovery, because that is not how the world works when you can't steal from Indians, right? And um, we should be stealing from Indians anyway, uh, but obviously people do. Um, and you saw in my program, we talked about the Lakota Sioux, which I, and then I tied it back to the cave artists, right? So I didn't steal from the Indians, I gave them complete credit, which is how things should be. Well, going through the conversations, I basically called bunk on these guys. And, um, and uh, Petit says, quote, I have no reason not to quote, I have no reason not to quote your publication. And I, I've no reason. I've no reason not to quote your publication in the future. But he doesn't, and he, he never. He never accepts that he will. Um, he will use it because what they should have done, they should have done a retraction in the following issue of the journal, and put what the original source was. Right. But they never did it. They never did it. So, so that's how they, the media works. Did they put an original source, or did they claim it for their own discovery? They claimed it for their own discovery. All right. All right. So they didn't, they didn't. They didn't quote. They didn't. They didn't quote. They didn't tribute my work, which previously was published back to 2004 in multiple places, and they they also didn't um, attribute the indigenous sources, which I obviously I obviously give. Yeah. And um, so, and he said, well, my book was a um, popular book, therefore he did not need to cite it. Really? Wow. So he's admitting yeah. that he's taking it from your work now. Yeah, he said he's actually taking. He says a popular work, so doesn't need, not need to do it. So he. Um, That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. if you were reading a book, so, never mind an academic paper. If you're reading a book, you expect references to be in the at the back of the book. Of course you do. Well, in the text as well, don't uh, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yes, and they should. So the next issue of the journal, they should have made that clarification. And what? Go on. They didn't do it. Right. They didn't do because the journal is afraid of their own intellectual property uh, issues, because mm-hmm. um, they could be sued for this. Because they, because and it's the issue is not so much that they didn't write it in the journal. The issue is that they used the megaphone of Durham University to announce to the entire world that they had made this amazing <laughs> discovery that mm-hmm. rewrites history and writing that they already knew they had. They, they knew the source of it already, yeah. that they didn't disclose to the journal. They didn't disclose you know, to the media. They, so they lied to the freaking everybody. Um, and, you, and that's the problem. And do you know yeah. what it is, Bernie? Um, I, I seem to remember from my youth that Durham is the university in the country if you want to study archaeology. Yeah, I think you might be right. And you've got all so, these vested interests interest in academia you know that big press release that's attracting mm-hmm. publicity it's about funding the next projects it's mm-hmm. all this oh this dirty oh, game wheels, playing that goes wheels, around. yeah, yeah and, it, and it's across the academic disciplines it's, mm. it's not just archaeology but you're highlighting it in this case that it's that it's present in in archaeology and we know it's present in in all sorts of other disciplines yeah it's, gl- it's gluttony and greed. You can look up gluttony. 
And uh, so those are two nice words. Um, and there's, there's so an element the problem- of self-preservation in it as well, isn't it? Yeah. We want but, to- what they, but the problem with that is that people, including academics, look to the journals as legitimate sources of information. And what they did, they just tarnished that journal as not a legitimate source of information. Yeah. That's the problem. So it can so join you, all you the medical person. journals of the last two years as well. Yeah. The and so Al, so you, you've had guests on the program, or, you know, they're archaeologists do this, archaeologists do that, right? You, you've heard the whole story. Nobody's had a name before. Now you have a name and you have the evidence mm-hmm. that they knew it beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. And a third party, a very credible third party, came forward. Now, now one of the authors actually came forth. You know, this is going back and forth. His emails, because all, all in writing, he said that he did know, and um, he felt no reason to, to include it. So one of the authors actually did know, but it was Paul Petit, who signed his name at the journal, and he said that I have I have double checked everything. Mm-hmm. And I've looked through all the so you there's six people on this team, uh, you know they're they're all, they're probably all pointing fingers out during this this process. But the bottom line is that he's the one who signed his name because the journal would not have taken it, but based on any other name on that on that list. Yeah, I wonder and if Paul, Paul Petit has a Napoleon complex. Um, just um, another point, uh, Bernie. You would think that the peer reviewers might pick this up as well. That one of the peer reviews might of, have been familiar with your stuff. Mm. Well, what they did was it's an archaeology journal, and this is the area of archaeoastronomy. So it's not it's not archaeology, and so the, this was the first time the journal had done anything like this. So <sighs> the journal had no concept of any of the. So who who knows who the peer reviewer they gave out to? Obviously knows nothing about this. Wow. Um, so they had the wrong. They had totally had the wrong peer reviewers, and so this is. So my work is out on Academia U, goes back, to, it's on YouTube, you know, presentations back to 2017. It's on Wikipedia. Um, you could find this. So it, this is not rocket science to find this if you just type in a few words. And they, this, the, the Paul Batiste team, they said they used thousands of images. They studied thousands of images, right? And, um, well, they have six images that are actually photographs, and they use two of the same ones I used. <laughs> of the thousands of images, use two of the same images with the same interpretation. Mm. So what are, what's the probability of that happening? Quite low. It's not. Slim. Yeah. It's quite low, yeah. Yeah. Medically speaking from the yeah. So um so these guys screwed up. And uh, you know, if anybody out there the next time Yale archaeologist yell Dorm University Archaeology Department, Paul Petit, as being someone who actually did this. Mm. And um, and then defended himself once he was once he was caught in the lie from the the media company he still defended himself and um, well they said well we did it a different way it's the same story it's the same story he admitted it in his first email he would have had to write he wouldn't have continued on his paper had at what he says he knew about mine therefore it is the same story it is the same work the same narrative where do you go from here with it Bernie there is this so the, a life um, issue. So it's it's a. So where do I go? So I'm done with the journal. I'm done, you know, arguing with Dorm University because they're just going to protect him. Right. So, 
how, you know how many viewers you have. You have a, you know, pretty good idea how many Gramerica has. Yeah. And you have another, you have, there's another one out there that hasn't dropped yet either. And uh, so in a very short period of time, there's going to be a few hundred thousand people that will either hear it directly from. Plus the, Gramerica, plus the other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Imagine. <laughs> So and, you're, uh, you're hoping that the publicity, the publicity will help you. To, no to... publicity. Nope. Don't want any publicity. What I want to see, what I want to hear is the next time somebody yells out archaeologists, you give a name. Mm-hmm. You give a name. Because this wasn't all archaeologists. In fact, archaeologists came to my defense. And the night before this went pre- pre- to press, an archaeologist asked me, the archaeologist said, you should sue them. Um, and so – and. When, as soon as it got out, there were a lot of major players in, in archaeology, anthropology, in both the UK and France and the United States, who s- knew about my work, and they shouted out to their Twitter world that you know my paper. So thousands of people, thousands of readers, actually, actually over thousand in the first few weeks had read my paper, and so in the this guy has Paul Petit has completely lost his credibility in the space that he's in because. They all read my paper and realized this that it in fact is an archaeology archaeology journal, and that's even irrelevant because I go back to 2004 and had two other uh, two other printings, uh, two books as well as two papers and many presentations on the exact same subject. So they put it out there. Archaeologists and anthropologists put it out there to call bunk on petite. So he's completely lost respect in his own space. And so I'm not anti-archaeologist and anthropologist, but uh, people have been looking for a name, you know, and someone other than the Egyptian, right? Um, oh, and now, Hawass. People, now, Sahi Hawass. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now, now there's a name and there's, there's absolute facts. Right. Well, and that's where, that's where I ended. This will be the last interview that I, well, it's the last interview. I'll, this will be the third and the last interview I've done on this subject. I'll bring it in. And, um, let you know there's people out there that are interested in this sort of stuff yeah it's disappointing because you know um we want to be able to trust people in positions of authority and uh when they get caught pilfering red-handed it's like just leaves a bad taste in the mouth doesn't it but i'm glad to hear that some guy stood up for you in the in the academic world yeah so and you were informed weren't you that's the thing yeah yeah so yeah a few of them. A it's, few it's, of them. Yeah, they were, they were. It's Petit on major. Twitter. Is he on Twitter? Um, he's on Facebook. Mm. I don't know that he's on t- Twitter, but Durham University is on Twitter, of course. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's um, the way to go. Yeah. Archae- or Durham University Archaeology. I'm sure they're on Twitter, and I'm sure they got a, some wind of this whole thing. The, you know, the the public wind of it in the media. Is they he, know what they did wrong. They is he a professor at Durham? So yeah, let's you could pull him up, right? Can't you? Oh, well, T-T-I-T-T. I'm just wondering if if, yeah, he's, he's, if he's teaching so the yes, next he's, generation he's, of archaeologists coming up in the UK. He's he's a full he is a full professor Durham Archaeology. Yeah, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you now this is crazy crazy. So we talked earlier about Picasso having ripped off the um the the Altamira, yeah. seeing the Paradoia. Same guy wrote a paper how he invented he, – he discovered the process of paradoia in cave art. He did – so he ripped off Picasso. 
<laughs> and so I, I, so I contact him. It was about I can't, maybe two or three years ago. And I contact him and say, hey, and I was like really, really polite. And I said, I've done some work on this as it relates to your paper, and I believe there can be some updates or improvements. Something like really, really nice. And I'm open to work within a project. So I, I contact him through Academia.edu, which he says he doesn't check. But in fact, he does because he uploads his own papers. And so he had previously ripped off Picasso's hypothesis about Paradoria and cave art. Wow. So this is like a this is a mult, you know, this is a second time offender. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even go after him on that one because it's just like, you know, cause I don't need to defend Picasso. And I certainly didn't discover Picasso ripped off Ice Age cave artists. So I was, you know, it's not my, it's not my thing, but it's a, it's out there. The Picasso thing has been out there for a long time since because the like 60 years or something. Um, yeah. And you could have you you could not have missed that that story of the Altamira and the Picasso in the last five years because heck I've put it out there and uh, I did a tweet once and had like tens of thousands of tweets retweets or something it was absolutely huge and um, it was my only one that really went somewhere on a tweet but yeah the guy ripped off Picasso too um, so yeah Picasso and I could be like hanging out buds <laughs> well Bernie. Mm. We've uh, we've blown over an hour already, and I feel like we need to let you get your lunch. It's lunchtime over there. Mm. Um, it's a good time. Yeah, we'll do it again. Come yeah. back and talk about lo- actual talk about the lunar timing sometime. Yeah, people. yeah, that would be exciting. Conquer <laughs> America. I did Conquer America like months ago. Right, we'll do that. We'll do yeah. that further down Definitely. the line. Okay. Thank you guys. All right, we'll we'll sign off. Stay on the line for us for one minute, Bernie, while we play ourselves out. And uh, the rest of you in podcast land will be back in five or ten minutes for part two. Okay. Definitely. All right. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes before Ryan.com. If you're on the interwebs or uh, Bernie's YouTube handles up there as well. It is, isn't it? And uh, see you soon. Ta-ra! Right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the pancreatic islets of Langerhan. And no, no cripple this week. <laughs> He's not here. The yeah. third guy. No, we, yeah, no explanation where he was. He just said he wasn't able to come. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, Christ, it's like um, anyone would think I keep you two chained up in the back garden. Oh yeah, yeah. We were just sticking around. Without the mics on. Yeah, we're just slagging everyone off. Who, uh, yeah, yeah, fuckers. Uh, who watches. <laughs> um, oh. Before we came back. Yeah, well, if you just joined us, we just had a chat with Bernie Taylor. Some interesting developments in the realm of uh, these caves. Archaeoastronomy. Archaeoastronomy, anthropology. Cave art. Mythology. Yeah. It all ties in together. Astrology. In- Not really. Not really. He said about a crab. Mm, okay, whatever. There you go. So I'm having that. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, check it out. Links in the show notes for part one for uh, Bernie Taylor. And check out yeah. his YouTube channel, his website, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And he was saying we've got to name, got to name the uh, researcher. So oh, I've it, already forgotten. <laughs> was he called Petit? Paul Petit. Paul Petit. Was it Paul? <laughs> Kevin wow. Petit. Roger Petit. Emmanuel Petit. Yeah. 
I think it was Paul Petit. Gustave Petit. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, there's something going on in the chat with the chat, apparently. Sam was just saying. Why? What's wrong? That there was uh, an issue. Can you see? This new chat filter is a pain in the bottom. What new chat filter? It's not something I've implemented. See, look, he's coming through here. Is it on YouTube? And uh, But it's not coming through. Restream. On here. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's not my. It's not me. I've not blocked you, Sam. <laughs> not yet, no. No. Oh, I'm at sixes and sevens. Right, I'll tell you what. Um, before we do any headlines, just a quick note of... Uh, a PSA, quick personal safety announcement. No, public, public service announcement. Mm-hmm. So our guest from episode 224, Mark Malone, mm-hmm. um, is having a rough time at the moment. His wife has been diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And it's it's the breast cancer you don't want. It's a particularly nasty variant. So listen up, because this Friday, April the 28th, from... 12 p.m. till 4.30 p.m. CST, there is an online conference. Um, There should be a link in the show notes. If there isn't, and I've forgotten to do it, check back. It will definitely be in the audio podcast show notes. I just don't know if I've put it in the YouTube show notes. Um, And basically, it's a fundraiser for his wife, Gillian's cryoablation surgery. It's a, a, a new upcoming technique. Um, the seminar has been set up by Laura Eisenhower granddaughter of Dwight, President Eisenhower. Um, there's a number of speakers. Uh, Laura Eisenhower is opening the event with the talk. There's a number of doctors and alternative medicine type people. Mark's doing a, a turn as well. He's doing a speech about the research that he's done since his wife was diagnosed with this. Mm-hmm. It's free to attend. You just have to register for it. It's this Friday and donations are welcome to help fund the surgery. So, you know, check it out. Because yeah. he, he needs some help. He's younger than us, for fuck's sake. He's got mm. three kids and he's having a, a really tough time. So please check that out. And if the link isn't in the YouTube show notes, check back tomorrow and it will be. Okay. We've done that. Let's move on. Let's do uh, some, some light-hearted stuff. Now that we've, mm. we've got that important work dealt with, do some headlines. Capital letters are the big news story. Headlines of the week. The brand daddy. I was stunned to find world's longest brand flake in my breakfast. Oof, it's little... massive. Mm. I'd like to guess the size of the bran flake. Uh, in Imperial. Eight inches. <laughs> Why is that too... Are we going too big? <laughs> Whoa! Eight square inches. Uh, well, I was probably saying like a quarter of an inch across, eight inches long. All right. Um, a cereal fan was bowled over at breakfast by what he says is the world's longest bran flake. Mm. Harvey Jennings, 23, was prepping his first meal of the day when out fell the high-fiber mega shard. Mega shard? (laughs) Not shard. Shard. A mega shard. With a D. 
10 centimetres long, that's four inches, Imperial fans, and two and a half centimetres wide. That I mean, is that, is, that is a large flake. There it is. Actual size. Well, I guess that depends what device you're viewing this podcast on. Oh, this is not a native ad, is it? It's not. Uh, oh. I don't think so. Do you not think? No. Um, for Tesco, I don't know. I, there wasn't enough in it for me to to talk, to describe this as a native ad. Te- I mean, for Tesco's own brand, Bran Flakes. <laughs> yeah, you'll get some shit, wonky, <laughs> unedible Bran Flakes. Do you imagine, do you think that... that oh, my <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God, Dave Moobs. Yeah. Does this point towards, like, the manufacturing of... Uh, of the manufacturing process of said bran flakes? Do you think they come in a giant sheet of bran and s- then they're flaked? <laughs> You've got to smash them. Yeah, exactly. You get a, an ancient order of druids gavel like this yeah. and you smash bran flakes. Do you think, like, a toffee hammer, you get a, a flake hammer yeah. or a bran hammer? A bran hammer, surely. A bran hammer, yeah. yeah. Uh, you smash them like we smash them noobs in the crucible. Mm, but yeah. <laughs> hammer of salt. Just, all those noobs have just disappeared for three years, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, the staggered school science technicians had struggled to fit it into his bowl. I'm not buying that. I mean, how small was his bowl? Is it like an egg cup? A thimble? Can I have a thimble of bran flakes, please? He's probably one of those people actually measures out 40 grams of cereal. Are you retarded? Instead no. of, you know, a bowl full. Yeah. <laughs> How much can you fit in? Exactly. I mean, yeah, just fill it to the top, no? Exactly. I think yeah. that's the rule with cereal for an adult. Yeah. Fill it to the top mm-hmm. and then splash the bit of milk. And then brim it with milk. <laughs> I used to do that one as a kid. Yeah. Just be like that, holding yeah. it. Oh, don't spill the milk. Did you I do, I won't cry. Um, shake on a, a crust of sugar as well? Uh, often. Mm-hmm. Often, yeah. If it was something plain and shit like brown flakes, especially Tesco's own, yeah. gosh, mm-hmm. you've got to put some sugar on there. Yeah. Pour some sugar on me. Exactly. The yeah. bowl would, would sing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you wouldn't put sugar on like sugar puffs or... Um, um, what was crunchy nut cornflakes? I tell you what, they they are Moorish. They are the devil's work, aren't they? Yeah, heroin, crunchy nut cornflakes. They should be, shouldn't they? Mm. Just in- encrusted with honey, oxycontin. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I don't eat breakfast cereals. Do you? Uh, not for a long time. I did. I mean, I, I used to eat bran flakes. I used to eat cereal most mornings, but now I did fast. You, did you do what they do in the advert and like throw some fruit in there? Some shit, some bananas. I think I did it once, and then <laughs> um, it just tastes horrible with milk. <laughs> Why would you do that? Milky nana. I went through a phase of making, uh, yo- like, what they called yogurt oats, oat yogurts. You like put oats and yogurt and fruit in a jar over overnight oats. That's it. Right. Um, and that had it in. Um, I pretended to like that for a bit, but. No. Now I just starve myself until midday. She asked me to get some granola from Aldi on Saturday. So it's Greek yogurt and granola. Granola's got sugar in though, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's not like on a diet, right? Oh, right, okay. She just likes it, I think. Yeah. Um, Mm. I don't eat breakfast. I've not ate breakfast for well over 20 years. No, you just have three lunches, don't you? 
Uh, I don't have lunch most days if I'm working. You know. No. Friday treat. Mm -hmm. Bacon, sausage, egg, black pudding. <laughs> on, a, on a baton and a brown sauce. Mm. Pork pie chaser. Not really. <laughs> Used to. Bowel cancer chaser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you remember Weetos? Um, no. Wheaties. Uh, no, no oh. what I'm thinking about. The, the chocolate cereal where it had a mad professor on it. <laughs> it was like the doc from Back to the Future. Weetos? Wheaties? Help me chat. Choco Wheaties. We've talked about Start before. Start was the, the go-to breakfast cereal, you know, John Barnes style. I never had Start. No, but there was a chocolate breakfast cereal and it had a mad professor on the box. Is it? Was it called the Mad Chocolate Professor? <laughs> I think it was called Weetos. Weetos? Yeah. There's like, those are circles, aren't they? Hoops. Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah. Weetos. Weetos. Yeah. I think it was. Answers on a postcard. It's good for you because it was wheat and chocolate. Helen, Helen is in agreement. Weetos. Yeah. As we all know, Helen eats uh, three meals a day of cereal. Weetos for breakfast, shredded wheat for lunch, mm. and ricicles <laughs> for tea in the north. Right. Yeah. What's ricicles? Oh, shut up. <laughs> you know what ricicles is? Sounds like an American thing. Yeah, it was briefly... Briefly in the UK, I had it. It's got like hard marshmallows in, and then when you put the milk <laughs> on, the marshmallows go. They were like freeze dried, I think. Fuck that shit. Yeah, that. with a crust of sugar. Um, shall we abandon this story? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think so. It's for the best. <laughs> for the best. Uh, the staggered school science technician struggled to fit it in his bowl, so showed it off to family and friends instead. They are stunned, Harvey said. It's got to be the biggest ram flake, surely. If I wanted to eat it, I'd have to break it up. And I'd need a lot of milk. What kind of pussy can't eat a 100ml ram flake, honestly? Regular-sized Tesco ram flakes are around a fifth of the size. Harvey from Chelmsford, Essex, is now researching to see if he has a world record. Earlier this year, eBay, an eBay user from Cambridge put a framed 8.6 centimeter by 7.3 centimeter ram flake up for sale for a whopping £163,000. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's sold. No. Uh, Tesco said, we are seriously impressed by this. Native ad. If, we would like to, if he would like to say cheerio, he can return it to us for a full refund. Yeah, nah, I don't know. I don't know if that's such a good ad. Maybe it is a native ad. Maybe everything's a native ad. I think everything is. I think we live in a giant ad. Oh, God. Right, let's move on. What's the next story? Oh, <laughs> this is topical. Florida apologizes after 4.45 a.m. emergency alert test. Mm. This is what we've had today. It is, isn't it? Apparently. I turned mine off. I I had mine on. I got mine a minute late. Oh, well, you could have been dead. I know. Well, I mean... We've talked about this before, but, you know, if it's something nuclear, I think I'd rather just be vaporized rather than having, like, a minute of panic before being vaporized or horrifically burned. Um, I think I'd just, you know, not not have the lead up, the anticipation anxiety. I just get burned. 
Yeah, it's complete. It says fucking scam this. Uh, many <laughs> many Florida residents woke up to a screeching alarm at around 4.45 a.m. on Thursday after an early morning test of the emergency alert system blared from their cell phones. The Florida Division of Emergency Management, which coordinates and manages alert systems for emergencies such as hurricanes and other disasters, because we get loads of them in fucking Lancashire, don't we? Hurricanes. Jesus Christ. Apologize for the notifications in a statement. Quote, The division understands that unexpected 4.45 a.m. wake-up calls are frustrating and would like to apologize for the early morning test, Alicia Collins, a sportswoman for the agency, said in an email. Each month, we test emergency alerts on a variety of platforms, including radio, television, and text alerts. This particular alert was supposed to be on TV and not disturb anyone already sleeping. The alerts jolted some Floridians out of bed on Thursday, and in homes with multiple cell phones, the sounds created an early morning cacophony. I bet it did. I mean, it was a bit weird, because I was out at the (laughs) uh, garden centre, and everybody... It was a bit like a film when everybody's phone went off at the same time. Well, half, about half the people in the room that I was in. Were you at Dobby's? Uh, no, the f- Flower Bowl, is it called? Barton Grange. Grange. My missus was at the car park in, in Dobby's when right. three phones went off simultaneously. Three. Well, her, her mum and her mum's partner. That's what happened. Yeah, and the thing is, she turned it off this morning. Mm-hmm. She cool. said, I said this morning when I was I was doing some prep for tonight mm. and uh, I saw the story and um, I said, uh, that alert's going off, you know, today at three. Mm-hmm. And she went, oh, how do I turn it off? I said, give us your phone. She went, you know, can't do anything for her, you know. She is an independent woman, Philip. Yeah. I said, well, go to settings, pull down from the top of the screen, mm-hmm. find your settings, right, yeah. Search bar, emergency alerts. Have you found it? Yes. Right, turn it off. Okay. And it went off. So she either didn't do it right, or she has the same phone as me, and I managed to do it, so. And she didn't want to be alerted? No, she wanted to turn it off. She said she did turn it off, but I can't, you know, she's kind of retarded, so. It's like, maybe (laughs) she just didn't do it right. I offered to do it for her, but... Some people can't be helped, can they? No, you can uh, <laughs> lead a horse to water. Yeah, but you can't make it turn off its emergency alerts on no. its smartphone. No, can't ride it either. No. All right, last headline: Darth Times. I played one of. I played one of biggest characters. They've missed a frigging word out of the headline. They just throw it out Honestly, there, don't they? Metro. It's terrible. I played one of the biggest characters in Star Wars. Then I ended up homeless. Can you believe this? Yeah. A man who played one of the biggest characters in Star Wars has revealed that despite earning a fortune from the role, he still ended up homeless. Toby Philpott, 76, had a major part in 1983's Return of the Jedi, but was undone by Mountain Bills' work ride-up. I'm going to give you a phone. Oh, not that phone. Here he is, Toby Philpott. What role? This is a Return of the Jedi, nineteen eighty-three. Oh, so could he have been a child then? Could he oh, have been no. No. seventy-three? Oh, right, seventy-six. Sorry, yeah, it was good for seventy-six, didn't he? It's not good. Um, you know my, what my initial thought was? Oh God, 
um, I'm blanking on his name, Bart, Bart uh, Jabbers, main, main henchman who had it with like a snake head. Oh, the weird things off his head. <laughs> um, I can't believe it's gone. Is he someone going to be someone covered up like a a bounty hunter or something? Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna, that's who I'm thinking of. The guy with the red eyes, the really creepy looking guy in Return of Jedi. Okay. In, uh, in Jabba's Leia. Princess Leia. Uh, right, I'll let you know. Uh, Toby was one of a crew of puppeteers that operated the model of Jabba Hutt. He was the head of the Hutt crime family and nemesis of Harrison Ford. He worked the alien slug's left arm. <laughs> he, w- <laughs> he worked it. <laughs> Unbesmegging, Yeah, he was like one of the biggest characters in Star Wars, wasn't he? <laughs> he was, I was the Somehow le- he ended up penniless. He was the left arm <laughs> of a giant space slug. <laughs> His arms are the smallest bits of him as well, aren't they? <laughs> well, he worked the alien slug's left arm, head and tongue. Oh, right, okay. I just stopped it there for right, a comic okay. effect. Okay. Uh, while two others controlled the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toby revealed that by 1982, he'd earned 27 grand from Return of the Jedi. What? And his role in fancy hit The Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. However, he admitted that he wasn't frugal enough and his mother, money and uh, with his money and suffered as a result. In 1982-83, I earned 27 grand for a combination of The Dark Crystal and Return of the Jedi. Jim Ensign made sure everyone, everyone got paid well. 350 quid a week plus over time. That's not too bad now. <laughs> well, in 82 to 83, I didn't set aside enough to pay a seven grand tax bill because I thought I was going to get another film job. Yeah, what happened? I've been skint and even homeless at times. Yeah, what a shame, eh? He was going to play uh, Kermit the Frog's right arm in <laughs> A Christmas Carol. Housekeeping! Poor lad. Housekeeping! Is that the arm that leashed Leia? Well, I mean, that would be the claim to fame, wouldn't it? In the outer rim. <laughs> this is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. So, a myriad of ways of doing this. My favourite way of returning value, as ever, is word of mouth. Smashing people in the face with hard copies of this podcast. Or you could just share links, you know, on social media, your Facebook groups, your Twitters, your Discord and Elements servers, uh, spreading the word of this podcast and helping us grow and uh, do more things. Yeah, I think some people should be start looking for uh, caves um, where they can inscribe episodes of the Amish Inquisition into cave walls for future generations to cherish. Try and find a paradora of, of Ben's head. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then make a round Mount Rushmore style. I think so. It's not, it's not that much to ask, is there? There's loads of caves in the world. No, no, it's good. Um, sign up for the newsletter. Link in the show notes for that. Mm. The Rum Springer comes out at the beginning of the month, so we're not far away now. Yeah, there'll be a fresh one soon. A fresh rum springer. You get a preview of the guests for that month with bios and links. Um, there might be an article or um, some memes, uh, discount for the merch store, all sorts of stuff. And it's a, it's a backup line of communication. 
if uh, things go south, like it did with Discord, mm. and we get cut off or uh, our channel disappears on YouTube or whatever, we have that sort of backup where we can let people know uh, we're, we're not dead. We're still here. And this is the way forward. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I love you. Um, sub us on YouTube, comment, like, smash the bell. Don't hit the bell. Smash you the bell. you got to smash the bell. And, uh, uh, leave comments. Uh, it's good for the algorithm. It is good for the algorithm. I've got a comment highlighted here. Maybe you can read this one out. This is from Orfeo Treshula. Uh, watch it, ye felons yonder. Damn them and us all. I'll put out the comfy chair and then the gnashing of teats. <laughs> Only until mor- mor- morale improves um, and obviously improves due to the how and what kind Nessie has in her deep, deep storied store. I think Orfeo Trashula was high. Do you think? Mm. I think so. Uh, I could barely read that. You could barely uh, try reading it in the style of um I don't don't say that. Brian Blessed. <laughs> Watch it, ye felons, yonder No. Watch it, you fellas yonder. Damn them and us all. I'll pull out the comfy chair and then the gnashing of teats. Only until morale improves. <laughs> I think you always had more more guts about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, vo- he's got such a deep voice, hasn't he? Mm, I'm not going to get down there. No, I can't. I can't. No way. Show artwork. Yes. We have uh, unique show artwork every week, and we encourage submissions of said artwork. You can either email it to us at thearmsinquisition at gmail.com or uh, post it in the Elements server or, you know, whatever, DM us on Instagram, whatever. And we have a submission this week from Lee. Lee from the Big Conspire podcast, incoming. Lovely. Isn't it? What a lovely, lovely bit of artwork. How many layers? How many layers there? Well, I'm going to say the skyscape is a layer. Yep. I'm going to say the dog That's is his own layer. layer. Do you think the cave yeah. is... Do you think the man comes with the cave? Or the I man? think the man comes with the cave because look at the shadow mm. from the torch. So I think man and cave, dog, skyscape, um, constellations, yep. text... An yeah. Amish logo, a minimum of six layers on that See, piece. Lee's artwork is always very good, isn't it? It is, yeah. And they're always nice concepts. They are, aren't they? So thanks very much for Lee. You get producer credit for submitting that artwork. And uh, if you don't know already, the Big Conspire stream live on Twitch uh, on Friday nights. I think it's usually about eight o'clock, eight, half eight, they usually get going. Right. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for something to do on a Friday night, but check them out. Nice. Thanks for that, Lee. I like how he used the yellow, the bright yellow for Bernie's name as well. That really pops. It does. It sings. Pops. <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> you need to join us in the Element server. It's like Discord, but it's called Element, and you have to join every room individually. But that's the best way to uh, make contact with us. 
suggest things. Um, so send us news articles, videos, audio links, time-stamped if they're very long and you're kind of expecting us to pick something out for you. Mm. Um, you can buy some merch, get your bacon nuts pint glass, um, an Army Inquisition mug, um, a current grape T-shirt. Current grape. Um, lots of different things you can buy there. And have we still got the discount at the moment? Is that still going? That 25% discount ended on Tuesday, I think, right. this week. But if you sign up to the newsletter, you get a 10% discount every month. Yeah. A new code every month if you want to buy some merch. Three weeks to flatten the earth. Yeah. Link in the show notes for the Amish loot chest. You get something to keep and we get a cup, which always helps. Exactly. Plus you get some fresh threads. Yeah. To impress your oh. mates with. Absolutely. Mm. Got a nice uh, message on Twitter. Uh, this was in relation to the episode we did with Stig. Oh, yeah. Two years ago. That was a wild ride. It was a wild ride. And we were talking a lot about the the evidence of quarrying. Yeah. Ancient quarrying around the recat structure. <clears throat> structure. Mm-hmm. And we got this tweet replying, this is from Common Sense 200. It's all about the gold. It was probably mined by dwarves in Deep Rock Galactic. Mm. There's no telling what Driller was doing. Why do so many high people watch our uh, <laughs> or listen to our podcast? Matt Apocalypse says, "Bring back Stig." Yeah, I mean, then I'd have Stig. Hang on, whoa! Someone's in the waiting room. Fuck Graham Hancock. <laughs> oh, can I say that? <laughs> I'll, I'll have Stig, Stig on every week. It was a delight. I just don't think I could take it every week. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's another clip, isn't it? <laughs> Timestamp, what are we at? Uh, yeah, okay. It was just too much information. You just can't take it, can and you? I can't take that much stig. No. There's two there now. Do you want me to do a third one? No, I think the first one was the best. Right, okay. Yeah, I think, definitely. Um, birthday shout-outs? Oh, my gosh, yeah, we did get some birthday shout-outs. Let me have a look. Uh, this was on the Element server from Lee. Again, Lee from the Big Conspires asked for some birthday shout-outs. Um, his son, E, is 26 this week. Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. Mm-hmm. And his other son, Nat, is 24. Happy birthday, you giant mistake. Are they born in the, on, in the same week? Two years apart. Wow. Um, That's timing, that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, letters, notes, emails. I had a good one this week, so we should do this. You teased this in the break, didn't you? I did, because it's a long piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, clip that. I'll clip that as well. Good. Oh, my gosh. What was the one you said? I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. Every oh, week. It's a long piece. <laughs> <laughs> did you... Uh, it took me a lot just not not to laugh at the uh, Hercules Willy on Bernie's pictures. <laughs> that was his Willy, wasn't it? Wasn't it his nose? Cock nose. Yeah. Was Hercules a giant cock nose? I don't know. It was like there was some flapping down in the wind that was towards its groin. I think. Right. Well, I'll have to it's watch highlighted. It. I'll have to watch it back. Yeah. Okay. Right. I got this message through. This is fresh. This is from this morning. Okay. This uh, uh, important communique. Uh, right, you lot. I wanted to send you an email. Nice and formal. 
proper professional, but couldn't find an address to send it to. Well, it's in the show notes, isn't it? <laughs> it's in the show notes. <laughs> and on the website. Uh, therefore, I have been forced to reach out to you over the Book of Faces. Oh, it's from Facebook. Yeah. I wanted to let you know, for quite some time now, that I immensely enjoy your podcast. Oh, that's nice. Please. Oh, no, it's all couch. Please <laughs> keep it going. Okay. I particularly enjoyed the last episode with Richard Harris. It was a little different from what you usually do, but I find every, every one of your episodes enlightening, inspiring, and often downright hilarious. They're not supposed to be funny. <laughs> this is not a comedy. No, it's not. I would offer show artwork, but I'm absolutely crap at anything that involves computers. Well, so hello. am I. You know, look at me. Did you see the one that I did? Yeah. I started at the bottom here. Yeah. Like, well, here. <laughs> um, and I imagine a lot of your other listeners are as well. So don't be dismayed. I must have come across as dismayed last week because we hadn't had show artwork submitted like this year. And then we got one. We have been, you haven't, yeah, we have been complaining about Ask that. and the Lord will provide. Exactly. Um, I will be increasing my monthly donation. Oh. Because you guys are just so worth it. Like L'Oreal. Yeah, we are. I, yeah, I'm down with that. Like Jennifer Aniston. You can be yeah. Jennifer Aniston. I'll be um, Salma Hayek. Don't ruin that for me. I want to pour, uh, <laughs> pour tequila down my foot and feed it into Quentin Tarantino's mouth. Ooh. Him to suck my toes. Poor Quentin Tarantino. You know he directed that scene. I know. Yeah. He put himself in that of role. He did. Yeah. yeah. Fucking foot perv. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be increasing my monthly donation because it's so worth it. I will do this with two caveats. Okay. That you keep mentioning my name as a producer. Okay. I do a little heel kick every time you do. Well, that's part of the deal. Yeah, of course we'll do that. Yep. Secondly, that you provide three dick pics to the <laughs> following email address. Secondly, that I can be the subject of your focus cheer request. Oh, right, okay. A focus, a no, and a focus cheer request. Funnily enough, I have a prostate issue. It's not very funny, is it? <laughs> Funnily enough, I have a prostate issue. Okay. Benign. Slightly inflamed mm. prostate. I think Amish Ben could particularly help me as he sends the chi directly to the prostate. Uh, Does he? No. That's well, me. I'm going to aim for the prostate in the men. It's Matt who aims for the prostate. Yeah. Ben's well, like forgive a you shotgun if you, guy. If you're going to double your uh, monthly donation. We'll let that fly, will we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, send... Um, I think Amish Ben could particularly help as he sends the chi directly to the prostate gland. A perfect remedy, perhaps. Yeah. Keep your chins up. Keep those beards on. Keep forging ahead. I don't think you guys are aware of how awesome the podcast is. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to start like, uh, putting this on promo materials, aren't we? Start quoting this shit. How awesome the podcast is. Mm. Yeah. And how valuable it is to at least myself, but hopefully many other people around the world slash Plane slash realm slash moon crater theory <laughs> slash simulation slash what was the bubble on the bottom of the pan theory? Oh, uh, uh, the turtles all the way down. I don't know. 
I couldn't understand what he was talking about. Uh, take care and keep on casting. One love, Martin. Thanks, Martin. That's one of the best notes we've had. It is, isn't it? So uh, he's requested some chi, mm. focusing at his prostate. We've so. got two then this week to do. We're doing this one now. Right, okay. Um, so we can't do two at once. That's like halving it. Isn't I know. That, I know. Yeah. So, um, so this chi is for Martin for Martin's prostate. I'm going to. I'm going to aim for the prostate in the men. <sighs> I am going to aim for the prostate in the men. Okay, stand by, Martin. Bend over. Gape that asshole. Here it comes. You got to do it at home with us as well. It doesn't work if it's just me and Matt doing it. Everyone, listen. Should we go for the asshole or the urethra? Um, ice. Do you think? <laughs> well, you know, if you go for a prostate exam, they don't stick their hand up your jap side, do they? Okay. <laughs> it's easier, isn't it? That's, up the, that's, up the, that's, the like, that's, that's logical, yeah. Right, okay. Do it with us at home, seriously. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it won't work. Respect. I hope that helps with your, 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 mm. your prostate, Martin. So do I. Uh, what else, how else can you become a producer? We've done the merch, haven't we? Uh, birth, birthdays, we've done that. We've done we? birthdays. Um, we've done the elements. Have we when done are the we, elements? When are we doing the focus, G? Well, I was going to do the note earlier in the housekeeping, but it sort of went like, started at the top list, then went down to the middle, and then went back up again. and. <laughs> at the end though <laughs> yeah it's the last thing oh have we done everything other than the coins we've done reviews I guess leave us a review or, or uh, give us a, a star on Spotify yeah right so the second focus cheer request is for Slicko Slicko on the um, element server yep here it is I would like some cheer please on my tennis elbow <laughs> I haven't been able to play squash for three weeks. Put on a stoning weight. How hard does Slicko play squash to put on a stone in a week? <laughs> <laughs> you like play for 10 hours a day. <laughs> 14 pounds in a week. Oh, me. Three stone in a week. It's two pounds a day. Are you sure you're just not constipated? Yeah, it's like a load of water. He sweats two pounds of water. Maybe playing squash. Maybe quite water a, retention. It's quite a sweaty game, isn't it? It's hot. It's a hot box, it isn't is, it? isn't it? Because you play in a box. It is. Mm. Yeah. Right, so um, chi for Slicko's tennis elbow or squash elbow. Mm. Let's focus it. Straight to the elbow. Oh, shit, I was aiming for prostate still. Oh, it'll go. It's one of the chakras. Yeah. It, it works its way, doesn't it? Yeah, through the... Uh, it's kind of magnetic in that. Through, so. like, like, the lymph nodes and that. Yeah, the chi. Mm. Jolly good. Right. Um, what's Poss- the best way to become a producer? Fucking money. 
Absolutely. Do it for the lads. 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 Now, because all we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. Yeah, if you go to thearmistinquisition.com, you'll find a PayPal button there. You can give us a one-off donation or sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation. We don't put a value on the show, a numerical value. That is your job. If you get some benefit out of this, put a number of that on that in dollary dues, mm. Canadian quabucks, pounds sterling, mm. and forward it to us. We really appreciate that. Um, uh, micro payments. I need to make a. I need to say something about micro payments because we had a donation. I think this week. I think it was ninety pence. Mm. And the way it works with PayPal is you pay a fee per transaction. Mm-hmm. So over half of that donation went straight to PayPal. So I appreciate people donating small amounts, mm-hmm. uh, but it is better to save it up. Yeah, and do one a month rather than or one a year. Yeah, yeah, same same diff. Probably yeah. Just so, just so you know, if if it's if it, if there are small donations, I don't have a facility like to get small donations where some intermediary doesn't take most of it. You know, I'm guessing there is something in podcasting 2.0 where you can get like uh, satoshis, Bitcoin satoshis during the episode. You can sort of fly them off like micro transactions where there are no fees occurring, but. PayPal doesn't have that option. I'm not technically adept at Bitcoin or anything like that. So, Can people like post as flakes of gold? No, because we don't have a PR box. Ugh, there's a place in town that does PO boxes. Yeah, they're over 30 quid a month. Oh. So unless we get 30 quid a month of flaked gold, it's not really worth it. Well, we'd need at least 31 pounds of flaked gold, wouldn't we? To make it profitable. Make, yeah. So yeah, you have to send your money to PayPal. I'll send it to the Royal Mail. Exactly. Yeah, the P.O. Box gangsters. Yeah, those pigs. Those fuckers. Yeah. God. Uh, right, is it time? I think it's time to big up them Mandems, is it? Big up the Mandems, yo. It's time to big up the Mandems, yo. Thank the producers for episode 278. We have... Somewhere... Oh, Slicko. Richard Morris. Helen. Martin Young. Lee and Nicholas. Thank you. They're so amazing. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love. Literally. The best mate. Run, boy. Respect me. Oh, Willie G. The dwarf. The currants. The grape. The doctor of thugonomics. The homophobe. The wings. The chest feeding. Communist. The baby penis in her asshole. The dime bar. The number 11. The bean on the bus. The blind man. The big chungus. The cripple and the mother. Money picking! From hell. My own. unbroken sentence moving from topic to topic so that no one had a chance to interrupt it was really quite hypnotic <laughs> what, what, what a baby what a big baby just get on with the game baby <laughs> yeah thanks for your support for another week uh making this show possible much appreciated yeah 
Love it. Love every little He'd love it. He'd love it if we beat them. He'd love it, yeah. If we'd beat them. <laughs> Grand America. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bernie had a thing for Grand America, didn't he? He kept mentioning him. Maybe he wants, it, he wants it released. He wants yeah. it unleashed. Right. He wants to take on the big men in their own game. I don't think Grand America held on to their episodes that long. Maybe it's uh, there's there's been an incident around um, verification. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to back channel. Yeah, maybe you can find out in your special groups. Mm. See what's what the uh, what the upshot is. Still no sign of that Joe Rogan episode with Malcolm Blendall and uh, Randall. I wonder if he did put that out if he was still if he weren't attached to Spotify. Yeah, obviously he would. Yeah. I mean, he had Peter Duesberg on there. So, you know, what a doozy. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can have people who, who are saying that there's no link between, say, HIV and AIDS, mm. that's his opinion, mm-hmm. not mine. Um, YouTube censors, I know you listen. Uh, then you would think we'd have some, some guy on about alternative energy sources, yeah. sacred geometry. But yeah, uh, he's compromised. Mm. And uh, Adam Curry said this as soon as the deal was done with Spotify. No, he's Has, he's owned now. Hasn't he been on Adam Curry? Yeah, three, four times. Yeah, but recently, I think. Yeah, since he's been on Spotify. Well, they both live in Texas. Everybody lives in Texas now, in Austin, making podcasts, don't they? Mm, it's the place to be. Mm. Your mate uh, Williamson's there, isn't he? Yeah, he's my mate. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Williamson is it? I've listened to a few of his episodes. Some of them's all right. I don't really listen to the training ones about training and fitness and fasting. That's mo- that's like the Joe Rogan uh, UFC episodes <laughs> that yeah. I don't listen to. No. Or the ones with like Joey Diaz where he's like smoke weed or stuff. He's funny though, Joey Diaz. I don't listen to those. No. So, you know, I just listen to, you know, the shit hot ones. Right. On yeah. alt history. Yeah, they're the most attractive ones to me. I'm really listening to JRE these days. No, I don't. I'm dipping and out. Yeah. I tried listening to uh, Thingy being on it. Um, I think uh, Matt Apocalypse says, get Alex Jones on the Armist Inquisition. I think she's a bit busy with the one show. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was I on, never sucked any ding-dongs. I think he was on something quite... Lo-fi recently that I saw. He was on FNC, Friday Night Tights, with Gary. Was he? <laughs> no, Drotty. Did he get him on there? Yeah, they got him on there. Right. Yep. So when's he coming in ours then? Uh, that's not happening. Right, okay. I think he's been on... Has he been on the Union? Union of the Unwanted? He might have been, you know. Right. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Mm. Should we move on? Should we do some news? It's getting late, man. The sun is getting low, isn't it? Yeah, uh, chaos at the Crucible this week. Not the Destiny Crucible. Oh, God, this thing. The Snooker Crucible, the Snooker World Championships. <clears throat> mm. Job, Harry. Oh. Well, I don't quite know what that was for. Oh. 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 Get him off, uh, you prick! <laughs> Job, Harry. Oh. Well, I don't quite know what that was for. Oh. Oh, you prick. Get him off! <laughs> I love that. I love the audience. Uh, and they have two tables in the early rounds in the Crucible, mm. don't they? Mm-hmm. It's only the semis maybe in the final where they, they split the... Yeah. Take the barrier up and just have one table. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so this just stopped oil protester as mm. uh, jumped on the table at the World Championships of Snooker at the home of Snooker, the Crucible in Sheffield, mm-hmm. and dropped a lot of orange, what was it, orange dust or shit or something all over the the, the snooker table. A load of orange shit dust. <laughs> I don't know what it was, powder. It'd be interesting powder. just to have an interview with one of these people and, like talk to them about, you know, some of the predictions that have been made and why they're not coming true. They're brainwashed. I know, that, I know, but, you know, it'd be interesting. You don't think? Just see how angry they got. I just feel sorry for them, really. They've, they've, they've been sold this bill of goods. They've been propagandised into fearing, you know, these are generally the generation younger than us and they think they're going to die. Mm. They think the world's going to end, civilization's going to end in, in 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a healthy place to be in mentally, no. psychologically. So um, there's an element of that. There's an element of people just doing doing this for, uh, it's kind of, it's the ultimate virtue signal, isn't it? It is, I suppose. It's it a big is. orange dusty it's a virtue, virtue signal. signal. Um, this was a synchronized attack. I don't know if you saw in the first clip, but there was a, an attack at table two as well on the crucible. Did yeah. you miss it? Uh, the ref, watch the ref. He's he's having none of it on table two. Where's the ref? So in the second table, there's a girl who approaches, runs to the table, and, and the ref uh, tackles her. Grabs hold of her, gives her a, a quick grope. Did you spot that? No. Did you not? <laughs> no. Watch this. I've got a super slow mo. Oh! <laughs> oh, he's, he's realised, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's a little smile. He's realised. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! What do I do with this hand now? Yeah, and you can't. Uh... Even with white gloves on. No, you can't still can't. You still can't, can't, grab, can't grab a woman by the tit. That's a no-no. You grab by the pussy. Allegedly, and then you get to be president. Of <laughs> the United States. Did you see his new FNTs that he's put out? No. Did you not see it in the element? No. Lee posted a link. Oh. He's got a new batch of FNTs out. I thought they were. I didn't think they were real things. Those you saw them. Oh yeah. fuck me! We did, we covered the first lot. Which I know. Must yeah. have been about a year ago, maybe. No, uh, Christmas time, wasn't yeah. it? Just before Christmas, maybe. Um, He's got a new new batch of FNTs out. FNTs. Uh, what do they call them? MPs, not MPCs. <laughs> My gosh, digital token. Uh, those stupid things you can only... NFTs. That's it. Yeah, NFTs. There we go. NFTs. Stormy Daniels NFT. Yeah. Yeah, there's one where he's... Is he riding a lion or something? I don't know. I just... uh, It's going to be fun next year when it gets going because it looks like he's going to run. And it's going to be... Will DeSantis step up? Will he challenge to be the Republican That's the thing. Or do you just wait four years? How old is DeSantis? DeSantis is young, man. Ah, Wait it out. Let these two fucking... Dinosaurs battle it out. Oh God! Um, anyway, before we before we di- digest, 
yeah, any further. Let's move on quick. Uh, we've done the Crucible. I'm skipping that one, the cheese. Cheese? Yeah, the the new cheese thing to do in London. Oh, we'll just do it quickly. It's a new, it's a new craze, you know, if you're in London. Cheese restaurant. A non-touristy thing to do in London. Non-touristy things to do in London, part two. Head into Seven Dials Market and pop a squat at Pick and Cheese, the world's first cheese conveyor belt restaurant. Ooh, You'll get a nice. menu and then pick the British sourced cheeses off the belt that you want to devour, then pay for it all at the end. On Wednesdays, you can book Bottomless, which is £25 per person for unlimited cheese for one hour and 15 minutes. You better hope you don't have a dairy intolerance. Follow for more non-touristy things to do in London. An hour and 15 or an hour and a half, did he say? An hour and 15 it was. An hour, so how, do you reckon you could eat 25 quid's worth of cheese in an hour and 15 minutes? I think I could. Retarded! What was that tiny, was that a tiny cheeseburger? Yeah, it was, yeah. Was it? It was the Hong Yong Yang. Programs like Hong Yong Yang Entrepreneur. The Hong Yong Yang cheeseburger. Yeah. Mm. Cheese is expensive. <laughs> it is. Shelly just gave me the side eye. I got some uh, from Aldi. I wanted some Wensleydale. I thought I'd treat myself mm-hmm. to some crackers and Wensleydale cheese. They didn't have any in the special cheese section that's on the end of an aisle. Mm. But I got some Lancashire cheddar. Do I like I think that? it was like £2.50 for a little slab. Um, well, Lancashire crumbly is nice. Yeah. Lancashire so, creamy. Yeah. Those are nice cheeses. Red Leicester, they do some fiery, some fiery red peppered cheeses. I just get a mild cheddar now. Just none of that foreign muck. Yeah, basically. What we're saying, isn't it? So just some like plasticky mild cheddar. Just looks like, you know, Play Doh or something. <laughs> and tastes like it too. Mm. Lovely. Yeah, I'll give that restaurant a skip. 25 quid. I could honestly. do that. I could do that. I don't want to spend 25 quid on cheese in one sitting. You can have too much of a good thing. Are you retarded? Mm-hmm. Are you retarded? I don't know. It's better than being hunted by Freemasons, isn't it? If I thought it was conspiracy theory things like being attacked by Freemasons or something. Uh, let's move on. Kids do the funniest things, don't they? Sometimes. They sometimes, do. Sometimes they're a pain. Often they're a pain, but you got to... This is so glorious, this video. For me? Yeah. Wow. Don't hold it. Dang. So uh, the, the, the mum's holding the camera and this little adorable little, like, five-year-old daughter is just handed her this little flower. It's for you. Flower for you, mummy. Nice. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice. And then... Thank you. In comes Bound in the Sun. Pretty girl. Oh, got you. Oh, that's shit. <laughs> that's a turd for mummy. Turd, turd for mummy. Mm, that's what you get, mum. Good for the immune system. Mm. That kid is going to be indestructible if he makes it to adults. <laughs> <laughs> makes it beyond two. He's been sucking on turds since he was a toddler. Mm. I think there's something into that, like this sanitised world that we live in now. Where It's one of the theories around allergies, isn't it? The, the, the increasing amount of allergies. Well, nut allergies didn't exist until we started banning nuts. Well, I read something actually recently about um, we should give children nuts, all children nuts, yeah. as part of weaning. Yeah, we did. did you? We did. I think we waited like, I think there were maybe three. Then you try them on a bit, 
see yeah. if they're still alive. Mm. And you give them some more. Mm. Yeah, the prohibition thing is probably not a good idea. No. I don't know. What do I know? Don't take medical advice from us. For no, that would be no. Are you retarded? That would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, fool of the week. I've got a video. George Carlin. I don't get the reference. It's something else. Uh, look at this guy. Right, you know what it's like when you go to Screwfix or Wix or B&Q and uh, you're in your car and you couldn't be asked getting it delivered. And so you come up with a solution like this guy. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no, I'll... Oh, my... Is, that, is he going to Is he gonna even reach the roof? Don't do it. Don't do it. That car's not going to hold. Have you seen this? I've seen loads of videos like this. I think I might have seen this very one. Yes. What's going on? There is a man in a Ford Focus, an old one, the original model, um, and... There is a forklift truck with what looks like a ton bag. I imagine a metric ton. A grab bag. Yeah. Um, Of something. And there is a pallet on the roof of said Focus onto which a forklift truck is going to place one ton of unknown material. So, you know, um, the smallest stones used at Giza in the pyramid were a ton. Yeah, were a ton, yeah. The ones he just threw about for fun, like. The 2.5 million of them. Yeah, and look what it does to this car. No way. Should we stop it? I feel like someone should say something. I don't know. Oh, he's so close. Oh, oh no, is he having second thought? He's bottled it. He's reversing. He's going to put it in the boot instead. <laughs> oh, my days. I think he's lined up. No. Oh. 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 <laughs> Oh, oh shit, did you hear that? Oh my. I think the wheels have gone. What's he gonna do now? Sounded like it does an egg striking. I mean, the first question is what's this fucker think he's gonna do when he gets home? Shovel it out. Jump on the car. Jump on the bonnet. Uh, maybe just slice the bag open, let it fly down. Well, the, that's the what windshield. I. That's what I did last time. I got a, a grab bag of uh, hardcore. You just split the bag. Oh right. Yeah, well, you get them to dump it where you want it. Yeah. Assuming it's the front of the house, then split the bag. Yeah. Mm. I just can't believe anyone would try to do that to their car. Yeah. I mean, and then go and sit in it with a ton of hardcore over your head. If people are idiots, though, aren't they? I mean, he's probably got some bungee uh, hooks holding it on, the pallet, hopefully. I mean, that pallet's not moving anywhere with a ton on it. No. The car probably weighs a ton. car will weigh more than a ton, surely, won't it? Well, cars are about a ton, aren't they? Little cars like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like having another car on top of it. I don't think it's going anywhere. No. The point is is, is that the guy's retarded. No. Are you retarded? Why not just get it delivered, man? Cheap. It, it's, it's a ten ten pound to get it delivered, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. Oh, my car's not worth a tenner, so I'll put it on that. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking nuts. I don't get it. I don't get it. I never will. No, that's the wind for you, though, isn't it? Uh, I got a new um, answer phone message. You know, your outgoing message, you can you can leave people. 
You have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like um, the, the Jonah I work with. Mm-hmm. When he rings you and you don't answer, mm-hmm. for some reason it plays his outgoing answer phone message. Okay. So I've missed a call off him. I check my messages and it says, hello, you threw it to John. <laughs> <laughs> some reason, your outgoing message. So it's the message that you want to play to people okay. who are trying to get through to you. Right. You follow me. I think so. All right, this is my new one. Sorry, the person you have called is having a wank. Please try later. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Are you going to put that on your phone? Yeah. Yeah, why not? You, and then just switch my phone off. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And let, you know, all those old ladies that you go and fix the uh, lights for. All I do is old ladies. Monday to Friday. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm telling you that I never worked for anyone under 40. No. You... Have I not mentioned that? No. Never get any calls or any customers under 40. What do you think What do you think all the under 40s are doing? Living on the streets? I think they're skint. Right. They have no money, so they're doing it themselves. Mm. Or they don't have houses. They, yeah. don't, they don't own their own property. Right. Because they're skint. Mm. It's like, oh, gosh. I'll listen to a, a podcast today about the financial system, but we won't go there. So we've got demographic disasters on the horizon and uh, this financial system is probably on life support now. And it seems like the only way through it is more money printing and inflating our way out of it. So prolonged periods of 10% inflation. Oh, gross. Um, Or systemic collapse. It's like pick your poison. How else do you get out of it? Right. (laughs) How much is the national debt? How many trillions is it? Say it's 1.8 trillion. Mm-hmm. The budget deficit, I think, is hundreds of billions now. 180 billion. Is it? The budget deficit. That's what we spend every year that we don't bring in in revenues. Wow. Right. The interest that we pay on our national debt is 5%. <laughs> so every year, yeah, we spend billions <clears throat> of pounds just paying the service charge, that 5% interest. Mm-hmm. Our economy is only is, is isn't growing at all now, mm. but it usually grows at about two or three percent. Mm-hmm. So the interest of our debt is exceeding the growth of our economy. Mm-hmm. There is no way out. No, there's no way out. The only way out is to have a period of ex- of growth above six percent, which mm. is unheard of. The Chinese have been doing hitting six and seven percent, and they're like that's like a a phenomenon. A country that has, you know, multiple years of six, seven percent growth—that mm. ain't happening. No. So the only the other way is uh, inflation. Mm. Inflate the debt away, mm-hmm. devaluing your currency, coin clipping. Come on, ancient Rome fans—we've heard about this, haven't we? Yeah. The silver denarius mm-hmm. could clip them coins, mm-hmm. put less silver in it. Yep. And uh, this is uh, the only way around it, other than a, a complete fucking collapse, mm. is inflation. It's like, I don't, I, you know, the conspiratorial side of me would say that this inflation isn't such a, it's not such an accident, you know. Oh. But, well, it's their only way out. Yeah, to pay off the debt. It's to inflate, yeah. Yeah. So it's not worth anything. Yeah. Your money's worth nothing. Your pension, your savings, your mm-hmm. house prices are a different kettle of fish because that's partly confidence and supply and demand and all the rest, but tangible assets. Mm. are the only thing that will keep going without inflation. 
precious metals, luxury goods, jewelry, that sort of stuff. Don't take advice off uh, financial advice off me because I know shit about fuck. What about DVDs? I don't know. Will they come back like vinyl? Who knows? Certainly warmer when you play them in the DVD player, isn't it? What's warmer? You know, the experience. <laughs> Rather than streaming? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. What there's, about Blu-ray? There's a certain amount of ceremony in opening the DVD box, popping the disc out <laughs> of the box, sliding it into the DVD player, pressing play. Yeah, there is. Especially if you've got one of those Asda DVD players like me. Mm-hmm. That that was 15 quid. I mean, it'll play a slice of toast. <laughs> you put out in it. It'll, it'll have a go. Exactly. Yeah. No matter how scratched up that fucker is. Mm. Yeah, high-end DVD players. Uh, do you, you know, Christ, I remember, do you remember Panhead getting a DVD player when we were at high school? Yeah, it was a beast, wasn't it? We were like first year high school, year seven they call it these days. Mm-hmm. But we were first years. And uh, our mate Panhead had a DVD player. Mm. And he, he got one for Christmas. And they were like 200, 220 quid. A lot. 220, 250 quid at the time. It's like fucking hell, Panhead. DVD player in your bedroom. Mm. And now it's like they can't don't even them, exist. Can't give them away. No. Yeah. The thing is, they don't last, do they? DVDs. Do you not think? I don't think they do. I think they, they go fucked like CDs. I don't think they have a long life. Well, yeah. If you leave them on the on your bedroom floor for three years, covered in cash, dirty clothes, and <laughs> cash. <laughs> I guess. Well, that. Would you like me to uh, remind you of the story of when your parents tidied your bedroom for you? No, I don't remember this. So, Phil, Phil, believe it or not, was raised by wolves. Parents. <laughs> and he had originally he had the box room, didn't you? Which had just enough room for a single bed and a wardrobe. Yeah, the small, the third bedroom, you would call it. Yeah, you need to press the and, thing on the uh, telly. One and then uh, you, eventually, when your brother moved out for university, yep. you, you got to go in the uh, the back bedroom. You know, one of the big rooms in the in the in the house. A normal size bedroom. A normal size bedroom, yeah. Um, and then uh, Phil turned that into some kind of filth pit. So there was like um, printed off pornography pictures stuffed underneath his bed. Captain Janeway, you, soon you will be mine. Um, you know, like hundreds of them. And then <laughs> when you went into the room, you smoked in there. His parents didn't smoke. I don't. Your mum smoked a bit, did she? But not in the house. Not at the time. She'd given up by then. <clears throat> and then, uh, so that obviously it was like fags and fag ash everywhere. There was an ashtray somewhere, allegedly. The floor. And then the floor was just filthy clothes. Um, I'd probably say about between six and eight inches deep in clothes, um, and then just shit everywhere, basically, you know, books, DVDs, CDs, receipts, whatever. So anyway, his mum and dad got sick of it and tidied it up, and they found... Um, I don't remember this Yeah, they found over 100 quids, over 100 quid in change on the floor, <laughs> and they kept it because for cleaning your room because it was so disgusting. They kept it? Yeah. They're rotters. Yeah, they did. I don't remember that. Yeah. 
God, they kept on me change. I know, yeah. How old were we then? I think it was probably early 20s, I imagine. <laughs> it would have been because, yeah. Really? Yeah, what, yeah. 20? Oh, well, I suppose the, the pornography would have been like late teens, mid-teens to late teens. Wouldn't it? Yeah, I think you're getting your wires crossed. Well, yeah, the pornography would probably have you know, been thrown away at the point when they cleaned the room, I imagine. <laughs> Oh, that, either that it was just like tidied up and put in a neat pile on, the, oh on your God. desk. Yeah, because uh, when did we get into Yeah, this. I'm trying to think when we got the internet. I guess it would be late 90s, would it? 98, mm. maybe? Yeah, and obviously in that time we were still at school, so you wouldn't have been working then. So I think it's definitely when you were working when you cleaned your room, so maybe the, the stash of porn would have been. Would I have started gone. at 17. I work at 17. It's maybe 2000, 2001. Right, yeah. But I think it, think it was, they cleaned the room maybe a year or two after that. Maybe when you were working away somewhere. Mm-hmm. Kill story, bro. Mm. Don't even remember it, do you? No. Stuck in my mind because that room was disgusting. It's uh, a different age, isn't it? Yeah. I have my own room here now. And this room isn't disgusting. Hoover it every Sunday before you come. No, you don't. I do. I run the Hoover around every week. It's looking for specks on the floor. I mean, it's pretty. Find them. It's not. It's not as bad as your bedroom, but it's pretty dirty in here. But it's not that bad. <laughs> you really Hoover in here? Yeah, every no, week. No, you don't. I do. There's shit everywhere. Where? There's some it's here. A, it's not a fucking speck on the floor. Look at the floor, man. Right. Okay. So, gosh, can you see that? A big chunk of. Yeah, he just pulled that out of his belly button. That fluff. That's <laughs> <laughs> my crack. Um, yeah, I've done the answer phone. Hey, guess what? I can't believe it this week. Mm. Our prayers have been answered. Did you hear about this? President Joe Biden reportedly preparing to formally announce he is running for re-election Next week, the president's team is planning to launch his 2024 campaign as early as Tuesday, according to three sources. 48 hours, Tuesday. That's the anniversary. He's going to announce again. At least one more year of material. Yes. Familiar with the plans? Tuesday is the anniversary of Biden's 2020 campaign announcement. That news comes nearly as nearly half of Democrats think President Joe Biden should run again in 2024. Nearly half. So, un- so should. under the amount he needs. <laughs> are you are you hearing the positive spin mm. coming out of this? Yeah. Let's rewind a little bit. The anniversary of Biden's 2020 campaign announcement. That news comes nearly as nearly half of Democrats think President Joe Biden should run again in 2024. The latest AP NORC poll out this morning shows 47% of Democrats want him to run again. That's up from 37% in January. It's up. It's up from 37% in January. What a guy. Yeah, nearly half of his own supporters want him to run again. Oh <laughs> so bad. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> 81% of Democrats say they'd at least probably support the president in the general election if he was... Oh, the... sorry, you're going to have to play that again. She, she stumbles over herself and starts laughing yeah. halfway through the read because this is how ridiculous it is. Ridiculous it is. They're trying to put a positive spin 
on this fucking clown shoes who's had his head open numerous times, who is 80 years old. Is he 80? <laughs> How old was uh, Reagan when he went through his second term? Oh, younger. Do you think? Definitely. Right. Yeah. 81% of Democrats say they'd at least probably support the president in the general election if he was the party's nominee, with 41% saying Sorry, we're they gonna definitely have to hear, would. We're going to have to hear that again. Probably. Probably would support. Mm. Democrats want him to run again. That's up from 37% in January. 81% of Democrats say they'd at least probably support the president in the general election if he was the party's nominee, with 41% saying... They definitely would, and 40% saying they probably would. The poll also found Biden's job approval rating at 42%, up four points from last month. Let's bring it right now. Yeah, so I can't wait. Can you imagine the debates? Another round of debates four years on. How they even, how the, how, he's just not going to cope, is he? Can't hey. cope. Hey. If he, if he ain't rolling the egg, he'll be the one pushing it out. I'll either be rolling the egg or, you know, being the, 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 you know, the guy who's pushing them out. <laughs> I want to be the guy pushing eggs out. Yeah. Mm. Are you like young, young entrepreneur. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, God. I've got another clip from, uh, from Biden. He was talking about billionaires mm. and uh, the tax rate that they pay and how unfair it is. Spot the uh, deliberate on purpose error. We have a thousand billionaires in America. Hmm. You know the average tax rate they pay? Eight, E I G H percent. Eight percent. What did he say? <laughs> we have a thousand billionaires in America. You know the average tax rate they pay? Eight, E I G H percent. Eight percent. E I G H. Eight, what? Eight, E-I-G-H percent. Eight, E-I-G-H percent. E-I-G-H percent. He's missing the T. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Eight, E-I-G-H percent. He's just befuddled, isn't he? Uh, Four more years. Four more years. Is there a Connie Lingus here? I can't wait. Yeah, I hope um, I hope he gets back in. Although Trump is 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 equally good for material. Yeah, I mean either or. Either or. It's a no lose situation, is it? No. Uh, Adam Curry thinks he's going to get deposed before next year. Who? Biden. Why? Because he's incoherent. Uh, corruption. Oh. Okay. They'll, they'll get him on corruption. They're they're in the process of booting him to uh, make way for Michelle. From Big Mike. She's not... She's gaff prone, isn't she, I believe? Michelle? Yeah. Not Kamala. Oh, Kamala. Oh, yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. No. Who's Michelle? Obama. Oh, fuck. Right, okay. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see what happens. Mm. He has his finger on the button. The belly button of small children, usually. There's, oh, there's never been a female president, has there? No. So it'd be the first man. You know, if I was Joe Biden, um, just before I hand over the reins, I would uh, identify as a woman <laughs> and then declare myself the first female president. How yeah. funny would that be? It would be, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah. yeah. 
Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken. Oh dear! Are you entertained? Are you not entertained? I think it's time to go now. Oh, thank God! It's, it's late. Sun's it getting. Is. Sun's. It's not getting low. It's gone down. Mm. The sun's gone down on me. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh. We won't be here next week. It's a. Uh, we won't be here live on video next week. It's a barn raising next week. Yeah, lights down. Lights down. Oh, it's a bank holiday as well. Is it? Yeah. Right. Mayday. Mayday. Uh, so we won't be here on YouTube. Audio only. It'll be on Spotify and iTunes, uh, po- uh, Podcast Addicts, and all the usual stuff. It'll come out on Monday. Mm. Uh, and the week after, we're not here. Are we not? Amish Ben's 40th. Oh. Right, okay. The week after. Wow, it's two two weeks of radio silence. On YouTube, at least. Yeah. Uh, but May's looking good. Got some big dicks coming on. Is it Hercules? Some big, big <laughs> some dick swingers coming uh, in May. From Cantabria. Two confirmed. One. I'm just waiting for the reply. Uh, so yes, very good. It's gonna it's gonna be an esoteric month next month. May. Esoteric e- May. Esoterica. Very much hermetic. I love you. Right. So if you if you only watch on YouTube, we'll see you in uh, three weeks. Ooh. But uh, check out the barn raising next week. It's yeah. totally different to this. There's no sound effects, no clips, just general bullshittery like it used to be. Yeah. The first hundred episodes. Right. Craig Shablon. And all the Elohim. Yeah. Sayonara, fuckos. Epic dub. Hey. Bye. Because I'm literally a communist. Thank you for watching. What did you do with Big Jungus? Who's got the biggest cock? Dr. Yayanta Bhattacharya. I think you're hitting, hitting the point, Phil, that, uh... <clears throat> I'm too fat. I'm too stupid. And it really bothers me. I'm too lazy. I don't get out of bed in the morning. I smoke drugs. Give me money. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Eight, E-I-G-H percent.